ho, ho, ho. Welcome back to The Proper Podcast. And Merry Christmas to everyone. Hope you had an absolute blinder. Especially a big send out to His Excellency, Mr. Turkey Al Sheikh. I really hope you had a fucking blinded Christmas because you're a blinded man. You was our Santa this year. Fantastic stuff. So, yes, the day of reckoning, an absolutely fucking blinded night. It really was. By the way, my voice, um, I'm a bit under the weather, but I'm not going to be a baby about it. I'm going to push on through. However, I can pinpoint the exact moment that I started to feel under the weather since. And it was when Daniel Dubois knocked out the big fat fucking Miller. I think I burst a fucking blood vessel. <laughs> Honestly, I went fucking ballistic. But yes, we should be talking about the day of reckoning, dissecting it, going deep into that bum hole. And, uh, and we're also going to finish off with the awards, like every other fucking podcast do. So fuck it, we thought we'd jump on board. We're going we're to do the awards. Fighter of the year, knockout of the year, all that stuff. Newcomer of the year. But also we've added in our own one, Twonk of the year. So look forward to that. So boys, how are we? Kaya, what are we saying? Good Christmas, mate. Yeah, very, very good, mate. I'm starting to look a bit like talking about baby Miller there. I'm starting to look a bit like him at the minute. Yeah, it makes too so, many yeah. tubes of Pringles, celebrations. Yeah, just ain't stopped eating, drinking. My kids are a bit older now, so there's no Santa anymore. Um I said to you, you two just before before you know we started recording that it's like a debt. It's like I owe my kids money. Now, they just come up and go, Dad, Dad, I want this, this, and this. Anyone who's listened to this got kids of an age of mine will know exactly what I'm talking about. And, John, your kids are a bit younger, so, you know, Santa still visits and you've got the elves still floating about. Not for me. It's, the, it's a business transaction, isn't it? It's, a good, nah, it's still magical in my house, man. Fuck it. I can't say too much at the minute. It could be next door. But, uh, yeah, it's all magical in my house. And, uh, yeah, I had a good time. I cooked for 13 people, though. Any disasters? Do you know what? The only thing I fucked up was I burnt the parsnips. But not, no one knew that because I didn't serve them. They just stayed in the air for hours. <laughs> what about your spuds? Did you do this? You didn't Aunt Bessie them, did you? You Aunt Bessie them, didn't you? No, goose. They was in the goose fat, mate. Listen, mate, I've done me Brussels, man. Done them with a little bit of treat. So a bit of onion, a bit of garlic, Yorkshire's? a bit of butter. Stuck Scratch? them on the side, went down a treat. Yorkshire's, turkey, gammon, beef. Fucking hell, mate. All the veg. <laughs> you aren't messy the Yorkshire's, mate. I had like Waitrose, man. Fucking we're messing. Very savage, son. It's Christmas. You didn't make your Yorkshire's from scratch? Nah, man. I've got two kids, 13 people. She's <laughs> got one arm, you cunt. She's got one arm. <laughs> Do you get that thing where you buy someone a present and you've spent a bit of money on it and then they give you a present back and they ain't spent much money on it? Do you think like, oh, you fucking cheeky bastard? <laughs> <laughs> You get some of that? I don't really get presents. I played golf with my dad on uh, Christmas Eve and um, I took him in the pro shop and I said, come on then, I'll buy your presents now. What do you want? And he went, oh, that's a nice little waterproof top. And he went, that's a nice jumper there. He went, oh, I don't know which one I want. I went, go on, dad, you can have both. No problem. Stick them on the fucking counter. Go on, dad. You spent enough money on me over the years, so well done. All yours. He went, thank you, son. I went round here the next day under the tree a box of Pro V1 golf balls for me. Tenner. I spent 150 <laughs> quid on the cunt. <laughs> and how much was them tops and all that? I bet there was a couple of hundred quid. 150 quid it cost me. <laughs> fucking oh, liberties. Fucking Cheeky hell. bastard. Anyway, 
Anyway, yes, we won't bore you any longer, people. By the way, yeah, sorry about uh, the old waffling at the start of these podcasts. I know we talk shit, but we're just sort of easing you in. Just a little bit of foreplay, but always feel free to skip it if we're talking shit. Anyway. Well, last week it was fucking, in the words of Kaya, it was bareback. Yeah, bareback. So we're going in bareback now. We're going in dirty bareback now. So let's start from the top. Anthony Joshua versus Otto Wallin. Anthony Joshua seems to be back on top. It was a blinded performance, and we're going to get your thoughts on it now. Coming to you first, Kaya, what did you think of the performance? I thought it was brilliant. But look, I'm not surprised. I said it before. I think Otto Wallin was way overhyped, um, considering what he'd done in the sport of boxing, you know, as an amateur, as a professional. Um all Joshua had to do was just change his mindset, which Ben, ben Davison, much big credit as well to Ben Davison. He's managed to do something there where he's got Joshua to think, you know what, fuck it, let's just go for it now. Whereas, you know, his last two coaches weren't able to do that. I think it was all a little bit too technical, too many game plans. But when, you know, when you get to Joshua's position in life, I don't think, as I said before, I don't think you need to change too much. You just need to switch on that light bulb, which is what Joshua said he did, you know, at the post fight press conference and I think you know we've seen Joshua like that before against weaker opposition against I suppose better opposition we, when he fought Vladimir Klitschko but I thought it was a brilliant performance but the, the shots I think the, the, the straight right downstairs was the one that really I think caused a lot of the damage you know he just didn't want yeah. to eat too many of those hands start coming down then he <clears throat> then he's catching shots upstairs as well variation was great the spitefulness was there and um it's funny, isn't it? We live in a fickle boxing world, all of us, and all of a sudden now, Danny Joshua's the man. He's the, he can beat Tyson Fury. He can overturn the Usyk result. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure about the Usyk thing that Ben Davidson uh, said afterwards. I'm not sure about that, but I suppose that's another conversation for another day. But uh, but yeah, you got to just give him his props. Really turned up, and uh, and I don't want to say uh, Wallin didn't turn up and he's shit now because you're hearing a lot of this as well that. Oh, he was never good to begin with. No one was saying that before the fight. A lot of good, respected pundits, boxing people, you know, within the sport, gave you know, saying that Otto Wallin were gonna, was going to win that fight. And I was looking at it, thinking, like, based on what? What are you, you basing all this off? That he's a southpaw. What did he do? You know, he took the fucking IBF belt off a, a southpaw. I think better than Otto Wallin. See Charles Martin's performance against. Uh, Jared Anderson, who, who wins that fight? If you're going to put Southpaw against Southpaw, Charles Martin or Otto Wallin, who wins that fight? Do you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I, you know, I don't want to overhype it too much because I think he was expected to beat him, but great performance. Good to see him back and, um, yeah, shouting people's names. And, yeah, let's see, let's see what happens in 2024. There's only a couple of names, really, you want to see him in there with. So, yeah, impressive. Johnny B, you coming your way. Yeah, I think it was the whole mindset from Anthony Joshua. Like, the whole week, you know, just aggressive. Like, don't give two fucks. Like, the way he was talking in the press conference. And, like, even, like, the build-up in the week. Every time someone stuck a mic in his face, they started talking about Wilder. He was just, uh, no, it's all about Otto Wallin, not looking past him. So, I feel like Anthony Joshua has grown as a fighter. He's learned, you know, back, you know, when he fought Andy Ruiz. The whole talk was about the Wilder fight after then everyone was talking about that. And then he come unstuck against Andy Ruiz. So obviously you're seeing a fighter that's matured now. And uh, I just think Anthony Joshua is a quality fighter, right? He's got 
all the fundamentals, right? He's tough, he's strong, you know, good one, two, you know, can vary the punches. He's got the height, he's got the right, you know, does the size, gets the range. He's got Ben Davis's now, and we all said, well, I think we all said it on here, or maybe two of us said it on here, that it could be a good fit, the whole Ben Davison. But um, I think he's just got someone who's, like, instilled belief in him. And the way they was talking, like, Ben Davison was saying to Eddie Hearn, this ain't going to go past six rounds. And um, he goes, like, you should see some of the stuff we're doing in training. I just felt like Anthony Joshua, there was intent. He was going in there. It was, like, upstairs, downstairs, walking him down. He looked like mm. he was just in the zone. Like, do you know what I mean? And uh, I just felt like he was throwing his backhand as well, like in the Hellenius fight, in the Franklin fight. Um, I don't feel like he was throwing his backhand as much. It just, I felt like he was fighting to a game plan. He knew what to do. He knew how to break this guy down. He was throwing his hand, and it was just a matter of time. You could see, couldn't you? One, mm, two, three rounds definitely. in, before he's going to knock this guy out. It's the writing's on the wall. <clears> and uh, it was, yeah, it was shades of the old Joshua, but a bit more technical and a bit uh, polished, a calculated aggression. And um, yeah, I think I think Ben Davison could be a great matchup for him. I really do. Yeah, I'm gonna eat my words. I'm gonna eat my words because um, they were a match made in heaven. They really were. I mean, it must be what we talked about, where he's bouncing off of that kind of English humour. He's bouncing off that English one to one. He's in, in his home comforts. Don't have to go over to America. It's a massive, drastic change, isn't it, over in America. Um, mm-hmm. work with another trainer and that. So, um, yeah, all home comforts. And, uh, my God, he looks sensational to me. I'm not taking anything away from um, from Wallin. I, I still think Wallin's a quality fighter. I just think there was levels on the night. So, I'm not going to go and say Wallin was um, a hype job in this fight because I don't think he was. I think he's still a good fighter. I think he gives a lot of people problems. But the power of Joshua, he's always been a banger, but I've never seen him that powerful. Like the force of the body shots were literally pushing Wallin back to the ropes, and he just couldn't handle it. I thought I was a little bit disappointed in Wallin because all week he's been going on about mental weakness, and fucking he's the one who quit on his stool, and he did quit on his stool. You know what I mean? What's he, happened there? Did he break his face? Did he break his nose? Mm. I, I think he had a broken nose. I think it was a broken nose, but fuck me, how many people have had a broken nose in boxing? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I've seen, I mean, that Jai Opatire, he got his fucking jaw broken on both sides when he fought Bradis. He carried on to yeah. the end of the fight. So I was a bit disappointed in him there because, as I say, he was giving it to Joshua all week, all, all the whole build-up. And uh, I thought that was pretty poor. Um, but I'm not going to take anything away from him because I still think he's a good fighter. But Joshua was just leagues above, so powerful. And uh, he certainly wasn't tentative that night. Certainly not. And... Uh, yeah, I don't know what his mindset was when he was going into that fight because he just watched fucking Deontay Wilder lose. So uh, God knows what he was thinking. Um, but yeah, sensational performance. And uh, roll on the next fight with uh, him and Ben because, um, yep, yeah, I'm eating my words. That was a fantastic matchup and it was a fantastic performance. Somebody else who has to eat their words is uh, Johnny Nelson. Yeah. Didn't it? You don't I give a pause to Ben Davison. So that ain't aged well. I totally agreed with him though. I just think that sometimes we, we overcomplicate boxing. It's not that fucking difficult. So if you've got these trainers, you know, whether it's like Jamie Moore or Ben Davis, and that, these guys are in the gym 24-7 analysing boxing, like watching tape of the opponents, like looking at weaknesses, breaking things down. And, you know, a lot of the time you, you're, you're as good as your fighter. So like, you know, Joe Calzaghe, like his dad was his trainer. 
Like, mm. you're as good as your fighter. Like, look at the success they have. Like, Bo Mack with Crawford. Is Bo Mack that amazing trainer, or has he got Crawford? And I think, going back to Anthony Joshua, you've got an amazing, you've got a racing car here. You just need someone to coax it out of them. And I think Ben Davison, the way he communicates, the way he breaks down boxing, the way he talks about it, and as you say, Anthony Joshua now is like, oh, he just gets me, and he's seeing what I want to do and what I want to achieve, and he's breaking down things well for me. So, let's see. That, that could... Uh, Fostering sound good, but you know what happens when he fights Tyson Fury. Well, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? But I think I think you're right. I, I don't think they they probably didn't overcomplicate things. They had his ability, Joshua, and they just sort of smoothed out the rough edges of maybe his mental aspect in the ring because Ben Davison works on that a lot of his fighters, and they analysed Wallin to perfection with all these all this video analysis. So yeah, so maybe they didn't overcomplicate things, but they just got the little things that were, I suppose, missing or just not up to scratch and they just tightened them up and uh, oh, the whole package was fucking brilliant. Let's be real, though. Otto Wallin did not want to know in that no. fight. Yeah, he was disappointed. As soon as he got hit, just backed off, hit, backed off, hit, just backed off. He's, I thought he's a bit of a shit house, if I'm being honest. Didn't throw caution <laughs> yeah. to the wind. Whole world watching him. He just, you know, golden opportunity to at least go out you know, all guns blazing, start throwing some digs back. But everyone knows yeah. he can't punch. He's very limited. You know, again, it's like a hindsight thing. He was so tough in the Fury fight. And that oh, was... Really, mate? He was still... He was pretty tough. Oh, I mean, listen, mate, he, he split his night, eye open. He, was... he split his eye open. He should have won the fight just based on the cut. But after that, he cut him and Fury was literally hampered with one eye. Fury started... He changed his game plan a little bit and won the back end of the fight. So... Again, I'm looking at this. Okay, we're going to talk about Wilder again in a minute, right? Like, is everyone really shocked that he lost now in hindsight to Joseph Parker? When you start analysing his career, you really that shocked? And the same with Otto Wallin. Like, what's his biggest win? Gassiev, cruiserweight, who's had one fight in, you know, two fights in God knows how long. And Joshua's mind's gone. That's another narrative as well. His head's gone. His head's gone. You know what? Maybe it takes two or three fights. Maybe it takes a coach like Ben Davison to switch the light back on. Or maybe he needed a couple of fights. Maybe Deontay Wilder, if he's not going to quit, needs a couple of fights to get over what Tyson Fury done to him. Maybe Joshua still carries around, you know, carried around the the, the nightmare of what happened in, in the Andy Ruiz fight. Maybe he carries that around a little bit with him still. Maybe that's gone now. Maybe he's gone past that psychologically. And now he's thinking, fuck it. This is my final throw of the dice. So maybe you're seeing a bit of that. And maybe it does take like to connect on an uh, on a, an emotional level with someone to get that out of you. It's not all about, John, you said it there. It's like, it's not all about, you know, the technical aspect. It really isn't. I think when you get to elite level sport like this, the top pinnacle of, of the sport, I think 80% of it is up there. It yeah. really is. Mm. And, but, and, and and a lot of boxers, they're in there. They're fighting on instinct. They're reacting they to are. their fighter. And then sometimes, the, the, you hear, uh, it's a phrase in boxing, isn't it? The fight goes where it goes. It's like in the ring, you know, you know, whether you're on the back foot and you do something to counter something, or whether you're on the front foot, the fight goes where it goes. You say it's like Mayweather, perfect example. Who's telling him in the corner? He's going out and fighting on fucking instinct, isn't he, after time? Like so, Wilder, John, right? Why weren't he able to throw the right hand? People are going, he used to set the, set it up with a jab. Should we just go to Wilder yeah, now? We're going done with to. Joshua. Well, let me go, right? 
Wait, but before you go, can I say something? We all told you, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> can fuck right off. Always stick with your instincts, son. We yeah, got yeah, a tweet yeah. on Twitter, like, yeah, listen to the pod, guys. Thanks you. Like, yeah, man, you all said it. I'm like, yeah, we all said it, boys. We all said it. Yeah, he probably it. didn't listen to the second episode. Listen to you say it the first time. Car, I'm going to let you go, but I can't believe, I can't believe I got all my hackers had, had Parker to knock him out. I just needed to put all of them as decision. I had about three hackers going. And the last fight was uh, Joshua by KO, Joshua by decision, and Otto Wallin by decision. <sighs> so if I'd hell. have just fucking put a decision, I'd have been fucking quids in, man. Gutted. Um, but yes, anyway, moving on. Let's. Yeah, Dimitra Bivol killed my hackers. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Wilder. So he lost the fight convincingly. Parker, for me, was outstanding. I'll give my take on it proper style in a minute. But, um, yes, Wilder lost convincingly. And um, and he's totally fucked up the Joshua fight in the future. Um, but uh, let me just read out a quote by Wilder. A cheeky quote by Wilder after the fight. And we'll be, ta- we'll be talking about this amongst our analysis of the fight. They really don't want that fight. Talking about Joshua Wilder. When I lost, did you see how happy he was coming out? I broke out laughing. I said, that N-word is happy as fuck. I made him able to perform like that. He was like, I ain't got to fight Wilder. The rumour was he was talking about retiring if I won. March the 9th, the fight can still go on, but this is a perfect way for them to get out. Now, just start talking, Kai, before I smash this phone screen up. (laughs) delusional delusional mate I'll I'll step in it's as delusional as it was when he put his hand up at the end when he lost every round fighters that do that just should have their licenses revoked he didn't win one (laughs) second of any round how the fuck have you putting your arm up and then you know trying to trying to you know act like you fucking got any success in that fight but it's, it's what I said before like Joshua's obviously now past that psychological barrier where he can let his shots go. Wilder just didn't let anything go. And I was watching a Pro Box TV show yesterday with Malinaji and Timothy Bradley. And Malinaji was coming out with this stuff about, oh, he couldn't set up the jab because Joseph Parker's foot speed was great. He was coming in and out every time he was coming in, dipping his head one side, taking away the right hand. He weren't able to set the right hand up with a jab. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, when the fuck has Wilder ever set up the big power shot with a jab? So I start going through his knockouts in my, in my head. I think the Spilker one, that was going backwards. The Luis Ortiz one, again, getting battered from pillar to post, going backwards. Uh, the Dominic Brazil one, he just threw it from out of range. No setup with no jab. Like, when has Wilder ever set up a knockout shot with a jab? Like, you know? Really? Can't yeah, remember it. Really? And like, never. And you look at his physique. Shocking. Like, I, I can't imagine he did one squat or deadlift throughout this entire camp. His legs, I've never seen scotches like it in my life. He had his kneecaps <laughs> popping out. He looked like a fucking flamingo or a stalk. <laughs> it just, honestly, it amazes me. <laughs> it amazes me that the amount of he people did. that still rate him as a fighter honestly amazes me. And I feel like this man has stolen the biggest living out of boxing, literally the most padded and manufactured record in boxing in the last 30 years. And you've got to respect his team because they've made him a multi-millionaire. They've all taken their 10 or 15 off the top. WBC uh, President Mauricio Suleiman as well. He fucking let him hold that WBC belt hostage for years without really having a proper test. 
I honestly, when I'm on that as well, I believe that if they would have fought Dillian White when Dillian White was with Mark Tibbs, what Dillian White would have knocked him out? That's another conversation for another story. I know a lot of people are going to disagree yeah, with it sure. with that comment because Wilder could hit, he could bang, and you know, but he's knocking over, he's knocking over, you know, substandard opposition, in my opinion. And like now you're looking at that loss, I feel like. The, the Fury wins against him now devalues the Fury wins. I know. Fury, pa- I know. Fury painted this picture, didn't he? That this, he was the most destructive, scariest man to ever fucking lace, lace up a pair of gloves. But now that, that, those wins don't look Apologies as good anymore. Apologies to any Fury fans listening. Kaya's views do not share the same views as me and Johnny B. Any You're going to have your say in a minute. So please disregard that last comment. Just, it really does. <laughs> and then like... You know that tweet you just read out? I never knew that. I never knew he, he's tweeted that yeah. load of old bollocks. No, he said it. I didn't said know it that. In an interview. So now, you, now you're looking at him versus Joshua. Does anyone give him a chance against Joshua now? Whereas before, it's like Joshua, 10% of people thought Joshua would win that fight. Now I reckon you can flip those numbers around and only 10% will pick Wilder. Madness. Absolute madness. But this man has nicked the biggest living out of the sport. He's got his own fucking statue. In Alabama, for fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> for, for nobody, and, and for beating who? So what is the Luis statue for? You think about it. Apparently, they've got rid of the top half of that statue now and just put a flamingo head on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it didn't take long to build the legs, did it? Fucking hell, mate! Yeah. A little piece of, of fucking couple of scaffolding poles, mate, and then you're done. <laughs> All right, look, look. I tell you, I tell you what though, it, it was definitely this fight was a combination of the two though. Like Wild Art was fucking awful. I mean, he just did not throw his hands. He just kept Clueless. circling away, circling away, yeah. circling away, and you're thinking any minute he's going to unload, any minute he's going to unload, and then ding ding round two, and if any minute, any minute, ding ding round three, and as you say, the end of the twelfth round, he literally didn't throw his hands the whole fight. It was completely in reaction mode. Was literally reacting to everything Joe Parker was doing. Then he sticks his he hand didn't up give a fuck, and he's did in the he? corner, like all nodding, like he's listening to music, like, yeah, man, like, we're going to get this. I listened to an interview with uh, Spencer Fearon, and he said, um, look, he goes, the problem is because, like, you know, Deontay's gone and found himself now, like, doing all this ayahuasca and all that. I thought, found himself? He's fucking <laughs> lost, isn't he? He's lost in fucking space. I honestly think, like, he's always fucking out there anyway, Wilder. Like, you, you said it, guys, as well, like, I did say Parker to begin with. As soon as we heard the fight, we all done the whole resume, eye test, and we was all like, yeah, yeah, Parker. But then I just thought to myself, lastminute.com, I looked at a load of highlights from both fighters, and I thought, you know what? He's just got to land. I think he's going to land. There's too much, you know, uh, in the future for the AJ fight, and I thought he's going to land. But never in my wildest dreams did I think it was not like... Think about when you've seen... Whatever you think of Wilder, when you have seen him... There's moments within fights where, you know, like, bam, squad, he just goes ballistic. There's that testosterone, that rush of blood. He goes windmilling in and he throws no. punches. You didn't see that once against Parker. But I agree with Malinaji, by the way. The footwork from Joe Parker, in and out, keeping out of range, keeping that head way over to the right, keeping away from that punch. And also what he did, he was good on the outside. He had his number, the timing and the range. But what he also did, when he closed the distance, what I thought Joe Parker was going to do was when he closed this, I thought he was going to get up tight and hold, like what we've seen with the junior father, Anthony Joshua fights in the past. No, 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 no. Not this Parker. This Parker, as soon as he went under that jab and he closed the distance, he was yeah, throwing mate. his he fucking went, he was backhand. He trying to knock him out. Swinging a haymaker. Uh, and I'm like, what? 
This is the yep. this is the Parker I've wanted to see. This is what I said to you in the pod. I didn't see enough of this in Chizora, the with Dillian White, the fucking AJ fires. This is the now he's added this to his game. This Parker Beast. I'm seeing now, fuck me. I'm interested. There's a lot. Love to see in the rematch. If this he fights like yeah. that against Anthony Joshua, I'd love to see that rematch. The world's is and and the last we I'll say for a front over. Fuck me, man, Ben Shalom. You had Parker. <laughs> you had him yeah. there, bro. We're going to come on to you Ben Shalom, right I'd imagine. He's, <laughs> he's, he's going to feature in the awards, I'd imagine. Oh, mate. Um, God. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I mean, yeah, Wilder was terrible, but was he terrible? Or has he fought people his whole life who ain't to the level of Parker? Second one. So... Parker was outstanding because he he come in with a game plan with Andy Lee and I knew he would personally. I'm sure a lot of people knew he would. They they come in this game plan to just take away the right hand. That's all he had to do. And Wilder, because he's been fighting lower level opposition compared to a lot of the champions throughout his time, he's still a good fighter. I'm never going to take away from him. He's still a good fighter. He's certainly unbelievable with that right hand. But, because he's fought that lower level opposition, he come in against a seriously experienced, good former world champion boxer, proper world champion boxer, not fucking Bermain Stiverne champion boxer. He come in against that and he had no answers for it. So he was relying on the right hand the whole time, but he didn't have a clue what to do when Parker changed up the positioning that he's never been used to. So Parker kept that mid range and, uh, I thought it was fantastic, man. Every time he'd come in, he'd throw and then he'd just lock him up and Wilder had nothing to do. But yeah, he was dipping down all the time. Uh, sometimes, I mean, could argue that sometimes he dipped down a little bit too low. I don't know how sort of referee-wise if you're allowed to dip as low as he did sometimes. However, at the end of the day, he, he took away Wilder's biggest attribute and uh, I thought it was genius. But the best thing about it was the whole time, Parker was trying to knock him out. It weren't like it was, it weren't like I kind of expected yeah, Parker to go in there and do what he did, but maintain that mid range, stay away from him for 12 rounds, which he did, but he combined it with, I'm trying to knock you fucking spark out. And, uh, and he nearly did, didn't he? he? Nearly did. I think it was like the eighth round. He knocked him and Wilder, <laughs> Wilder had a moment where he went, fucking hell, what happened there? And when he thought, fucking hell, what happened there? Uh, Parker unloaded on him again. And, uh, oh, I was, I was, fucking going mental then as well because I wanted him for Miyaka but anyway um, so yeah Wilder was um, he was exposed I'm sorry to say it he was exposed because he hasn't fought top level opposition Parker was outstanding and I think you're right John this Parker is dangerous man he was so quick I've always thought he had it in him Parker to do that but it's taken him a long time to show the balls to do it he used to go wandering in fights he used to be switching off when it weren't going his way. But now, mm. if he takes that throughout the rest of his career, he is going to be a handful. And yeah, I'd love to see a Joshua rematch. I'd love to see Joe Joyce rematch. I'd love to see fucking 100%. Wilder rematch. I'm all for it. Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz, yeah. Daniel Dubois. Yeah. but And also, it goes back to the trainer as well, guys. Now, all of a sudden, like, look at what Andy Lee has done there for, for Joe Parker. And obviously, all the sparring that Joe Parker's having with Tyson Fury. And when Tyson Fury does a camp, whatever, he's got Joe Apatow coming in and, and God knows who else. So, all, mm. like, it goes back to the trainer as well, doesn't it? It's yeah. like, sometimes it just clicks. Coupling. In the words of Kaya, it's a coupling of two 
partners coming together and let's uh, say one home harmonious fucking I don't know what I said but I know what you last mean. thing and go about trainers as well so you look at Deontay Wilder when he was with Mark Breland like that guy threw the towel in literally yeah. saved his life that night against Tyson yeah. Fury mm. then he fucking sacked him so it's like you're talking about Wilder and the decisions he makes and yeah the, the water was spiked his suit was too heavy like the referee um, if he did find himself and if he's now lost, I don't know. Like, what next for Wilder? Like, in my opinion... Nothing next. He didn't He didn't want to be there, did he? He didn't want to be there. No. He ain't going to fight for, like, 500 grand, 700 grand well, in hold America. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you two telling me, right, is the AJ Wilder fight done? It's done. Yeah, it's done. It's done. It's done, man. Unless, unless, well, look, the only way it's not done is if Wilder's willing to take 15%, 20%, and he ain't going to do that. If AJ takes the lion's share of the, of the purse, then maybe they can get it on. But Wilder's still in his in his deluded mind. Yeah, somehow thinks he's like you know a high fucking high a massive asset still. It's not about money no to more. To him it is. No, but to I'm saying on that on that performance, not throwing a punch in twelve rounds, putting your hand up like you won. Who the fuck wants to see that fight? Like, don't you think he needs to go and fight someone else and not he won't someone else? He ain't gonna go fight for a million. 700 grand against fucking, I don't know, Helene. Oh, he's already beaten Helanius. Well, I don't know why I said Helanius, but do you know what I mean? Like a, a top 15 fight. Like, do you imagine him fighting Frank Sanchez? He don't even, he don't beat Frank Sanchez. No. He won't beat Ajit Kabayel. He won't beat these type of fighters because they're good boxers. So if I'm him, I'll just get out now. Get out of the game. You're 38 years old. Go and, you know, do what you're doing with your life. When that fight was over, I thought, I thought, well, you look to me like, you did just want one last payday. You're 38 now, you'd had enough. That's what it looked like to me. And he wanted to come out of it unscathed. That's the kind of feeling that I got. And when he was talking afterwards, he was kind of like, ah, well, it is what it is, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, I thought, ah, okay, Wild. I thought, you know, like I say, you're done now, aren't you? You want to go back to your family. You don't want to do any of this training anymore, risking your life every fight. You don't want to do any of that. You're done. You're finished. But then he comes out with that fucking quote afterwards, a day later, saying, "I know, they, no, because he wants I mean? the money." Unk. I wanted to give him props, and I wanted to say, "Look, you've had a, you've had a decent career, but I can't, like, but now you've come out with that stupid fucking quote to say, oh, they never wanted to fight anyway. I would have beaten them.' Blah blah blah. And it does make me think a little bit. Oh, maybe he doesn't want to retire. And uh, to be fair, Turkey might give him some more uh, opportunities, you know. Listen, he's, he's done what he come out to, out to do. He started boxing late, you know. He managed to get himself into the US Olympic squad with, you know, fuck all training and time. So you've got to respect him for that, right? Look, I'm digging him out, right? But you've got to respect what he went into the sport for. It's to help his daughter. He's made multi-million, multi-million of dollars, right? With his limited ability, in my opinion. You know, a lot. some people might agree, whatever. Um, and he, he's clocked the game. He's, he can get out of the game now, super rich. How much did he get paid for that? Five million? Six million, maybe? I don't oh, know if more I than that. But whatever he got paid was a lot. Miles. Ten more. million? More, Call I, it ten million. Four, I think more. Maybe, maybe. But I, I'm just saying it, the time is now for him to, to just retire because um, Joshua literally, would, Josh, Joshua knocks him out. It's that simple, in my opinion. Well, Joshua knocks him out if he fights like Parker. But does he fight like Parker? He needs to come back. If Wilder's going to fight again, like he's saying he's going to he's going to fight again, he needs to come back, go in there and fight someone like fucking Chisora, someone whatever between anyone in the top ten just irons him completely out. But then again, 
if he's if he's real, he wants to get in. I think that AJ fight's dead, but he has to come back, go in there, let his hands go, knock someone out, and go. That was just a one-off because you yeah, know but it's the age thing, John. So say we're saying he's gun shy, like AJ's been gun shy. You know, it takes a while to get that out of your system, and AJ's still only what 33, 34. He's thirty-eight. By the time you know how many times he's going to fight a year, three to- twice a year. By the time he he fights, he gets gets himself into a massive fight again, potentially for a world title. We could be pushing forty. Yeah, but how many times have you seen him fight like that, where he didn't throw his hands in the whole fight? How many times have you seen that? So you allowed one bad night at the office. Come on, now. But he couldn't. He couldn't throw it like that. He couldn't adapt. He couldn't. He's not clever enough to adapt. Exactly. To the fight. Exactly. And that's why they've fed him these opponents throughout his whole, whole career and kept that belt safe like they did. He's going to have to fight someone decent if he comes back. And if he fights is anyone he? decent from does the he? top 10, well, I feel, I, feel, I feel like he does. Unless you give him a tick over. Well, but then is he going to fight for a minimal amount of money? It goes back to the previous point. Is he going to get out of bed and do the do the runs and the sprints or fucking do a couple of squats and deadlifts this time? Don't look like fucking... Your legs are made out of fucking twiglets. You know what I mean? Like, do something. He didn't look like he trained. It was Have so you ever skinny, seen wasn't a heavyweight look like him yeah, before so in your skinny. life? Yeah. Skinny, mm. skin and bones. The legs were the one that got me. The one thing I do want to say is, and I've seen it like across comments and and that that he did fight much more aggressively against Fury in the third fight. So he was a different animal in the third fight of Fury to that night. But I'll come back at that and say, well, the reason why he fought like that with Fury is because Fury didn't go in there to sort of use a game plan like Parker did. Parker just. Yeah, I know we're banging on about it, but Parker did yeah. take everything away from him. That as well. And also, he come into that fight 17 stone four. Yeah. It was the heaviest he's ever been. I remember the weight. I think it was like roughly that. This one, what was he? 213 pounds. He's literally... Pot- he could have fucking fought with the bridge weights, mate. Yeah. The old super cruiser weights. Maybe he goes down to the super cruiser weights or the bridge weights and becomes a two-weight world champion. Who knows? I'll tell you who beats Wilder. I'm going with this now. I don't give a fuck, right? I'll tell you who beats Wilder. Any version of Wilder throughout his whole career, Jai, Jai Opatire. Yes. Yeah. Opatire beats him no matter what Wilder's in there. Fucking hell, that guy's a beats. We'll talk about him in a minute. All, all I say on Wilder is is this, is that you're allowed one bad night at the office, right? I just That's what I think. And I think if that's like, I don't know what it is, whether he was just too nice, it was too, too easy, didn't train as well. But I think he deserves another shot, another fight at someone of note go in there, throw your hands, knock someone out, show us that you can then turn around and go, I just had a bad night at the office. Then there might Fair be enough. other fights out there for you. But yeah, I know everyone's saying he should retire. Yeah. Listen, he's great for the sport, John. He's great for the sport. Don't get me wrong. He has a lot of razzmatazz, the bomb squad stuff. He's really marketed himself brilliantly and created his own legacy, his own you know, bank balance. He's done it all himself. So you've got to respect him for that. But yeah, yeah you're but right. Yeah, but Kyle, but what, what, what's Sam, when he sat at that press conference and you've got AJ there, you've been chatting all that shit about and you've got Baby Miller there, you've had all your shit talking with him in the past and you just sat there and said you loved everyone, kumbaya. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Something's gone. It's got like, look, and we see it with AJ. Have we seen it with AJ? It being nice to everyone. Now all of a sudden, I don't give a fuck. Femi's back. And that's what we need. We need the Femi in the ring. And now you're seeing the fucking, you know, the, the, the victories he's getting for it. So I think there's a chance for uh, Deontay Wilder, man, if, if he can come back. Get the bronze bomber back. Get the bronze bomber back, man. The last thing I'll say on it is, 
he will go if he does come back again you're right he'll go backwards so you say like parker's what a top eight fighter he's going to go backwards towards the people wilder that he's used to knocking out and he'll knock them out but then he comes back to the sort of top six people and he'll be exposed again i think yeah he's true if, if anyone go everyone knows how to beat wilder now yeah Unless the person that's making the the, the fight is His Excellency Turkey El Sheikh, because if he's making a fight, maybe he don't get that fight that you're talking about. Maybe he gets someone in the top eight. Turkey ain't giving him no ten mil after that performance, running around, fucking shitting himself. Yeah, he ain't giving him no it. money, mate. He ain't getting no. Running, he ain't getting a call. Running back. around shitting himself. No chance. It's someone else now. It's someone else's turn. <laughs> running around shitting himself. <laughs> All right, let's do uh, <laughs> Dubois Miller. <laughs> oh, that's another uh, one you fucking nosed up, Johnny B, as well. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> Go on. I, I burst a fucking blood vessel, man. They've like, like eight seconds left. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start. I'm gonna say, oh, Dubois, man, you're sensational. You, you've made a massive fan out of me. You really have. Um, Everyone from the shit talking, the shit talking that he did the uh, in the press conference the day before. I'm your daddy. Every baby needs a daddy, and I'm gonna be your daddy. (laughs) 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 Fucking brilliant! We're in Africa now. That was a worst. Yeah, I don't know what that was about, but um, brilliant. So, um, and it was all tongue in cheek the whole way. He took it. He took everything the baby Miller had on the chin uh, in the in the press conferences. Uh, He didn't. He was unfazed when he was. Sorry, I'll get onto the fight, but you know what I mean. Even the way in, even the face off. Uh, Baby Miller was trying to sort of strong man him, trying to manhandle him, and uh, Dubois got right up in his grill. So uh, fantastic! And then he went in there, and I thought, right, I thought you got to do what um, Parker's got to do to Wilder here: just move about a lot, jab, don't let him get too close to you, because the only thing that Big Baby's got is his pressure and his knockout punch. But uh, I thought you just you just jab all night. He's Derby. He's Derby. Yeah. His side breasts, but um, but he went in there and fought him. He went in there like a warrior. It was a fantastic fight. He never let up once to Bois. It was a fantastic performance, and uh, he took everything that Miller had. His chin looked great as well, which is not something we've seen from Dubois much. But his his chin was good, and um, and yeah, it was a fantastic performance. And to knock him out with eight seconds left, uh, I thought he was going to gas uh, Dubois because he had that kind of look of nervous energy around about three or four rounds in and uh Miller, I'm not going to say Miller was getting on top of him but he was his pressure it was like well was, yeah his fucking tits all over him I was thinking <laughs> oh this is not looking good here but he took it he took it well and uh and he fought him the whole time as I say and it was just fucking blinding over the moon for him and I can't wait to see him in the ring again I've never said that about Dubois but I can't wait to see him in the ring again Kaya Let's go, Johnny B. I want him to exp- I want him to explain himself. No, go on, quiet. Get, get it unloaded. <laughs> yeah. Get it. Uh, get it. Uh, I'd, I'd say, listen, man. Triple knee is triple knee no more, mate. His triple D is back, man. Let me tell you that. I thought Dubois was fucking excellent. And if mm. if you guys will please let me get on the train, if there's any space no, for me on no the train, no. Uncle, what do you reckon? Should we let him back on? No bollocks. Let me back on the train, please. <laughs> I want to get on it because honestly, like everything that you're saying about Dubois, like we know he ain't a great trust talker and that. And like he's up against Miller in a press conference and obviously he got obliterated in the first press conference. But in the second one, like 
oh yeah, you know, every baby has a daddy and all that. But as you say, he was laughing about it. He wasn't taking himself too serious. He knows he ain't like a brilliant trash talker and that, but he was just having fun up there. And the line of the whole build-up for me come from Eddie Hearn. He goes, I knew the boy was confident because if you see a man wearing three-quarter length <laughs> leggings at a press conference, you know they've got confidence, yeah? So that was the line of the uh, build-up for me. But, like, going to the fight, I just thought Dubois' movement, his feet were pucker. The way he was moving around the ring, he was picking his shots. He wasn't just, like, throwing, like, because I'll get on to Baby Miller in a bit, right, because I've got to back myself a little bit on Baby Miller, right? But it was, like, the perfect fight. Like, big Baby Miller, he ain't useless, trust me. He's £330. He knows what he's doing in the ring, right? It's like... He's, he put the pressure, he put the work on Dubois and he made Dubois work every second of every round. Think about when Dubois won the British title from Nathan Gorman. It obliterated North, Nathan Gorman, like a big, you know, massive sort of heavy, heavyweight. But uh, with Baby Miller, he had to think his way through that fight. As you say, Dubois was in, the, in his corner blowing every round because he was working every second. And I knew Miller was going to do that because I've seen him fight. And he does, as he comes forward, he can hold a punch and he shows you different looks and he slips punches. He takes a lot of punches on the guard and all that. And I knew he was going to make uh, Dubois work, but I thought he was going to bring Dubois down the stretch. When it gets to the trenches, I've seen it. I've got the receipts. Dubois has not wanted to know, right? Let's put it like that. However, say, you can know, what have you done for me lately? You can only judge a fighter on their last fight. And if that's his last fight, Dubois, perfect fight. He showed bundles of heart, bundles of personality, yeah. bundles of skills, brilliant foot movement, punches, didn't waste punches. The, 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 the going to the body on Miller as well. Fucking body. We've seen that with the Usyk fight now. We've seen it here as well. The body shots well. Sign me up. Let me get on the train. I'm back on the Dubois train. I, I'm a fan of him all round. The press conference, everything. And uh, I, feel, I genuinely feel over the moon for him. He just seems like a nice uh, guy, and I'm happy yeah. to silence the uh, the haters, the triple knee, and all that that people have been calling him. So yeah, I, I want to get on the train, boys. Right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know what you've seen, John, from Jarrell Miller before that gave you all this confidence that he was a good fighter. Let's talk about. Hold on, talk so why about didn't he knock sp- him out in two rounds? Then you mug. Why did he knock him out in two <laughs> rounds? <laughs> yeah, look at him getting all sensitive. Fuck it, oh god. No, because I knew you were going to start today. Listen, Go you've got to live by the sword and die by the sword, Johnny B. You can't be getting all fucking... So why didn't he knock him out in the second because, round? Why did it take he, 10 Because he weighs 330 pounds. That's like chopping down an oak tree. It's impossible. So? Even when he stopped him, he couldn't stop him. He stopped him on his feet. You can't put that man on the floor. Talking about three quarter lengths as well. Is he oh, Jarrell Miller in the like fucking, fucking... In the warm-up. Brick. He had the same fucking three quarter length leggings on with his big arrows hanging out. Fucking love handle. <laughs> Fucking horrendous. Yeah, Lance like of it. Why is that man wearing fucking tight leggings? God knows. But listen, he was as shit as I thought he was going to be. He's uh, he's just not an athlete. Doesn't take the sport seriously. You can't come in there looking like that and expect to have any type of gas tank going down the stretch if you ain't fucking juiced to the gills, which is what he wasn't, obviously, because he got VADA tested pretty much every other day. And this is what happens. So all of his victories before, John, that you're going on about, he's all great in the pocket and he slip shots. That's because he's juiced to the gills, if you've seen any of that. Plus, he ain't got no notable victories on his record. We're going to we're gonna say that he knocked out Lucas Brown. whoop de fucking do He was fucking Dubois. Yeah, but Dubois, look, let me tell you about Dubois. Sorry? How old is he? 26? 26? Something like that. Do you know where Anthony Joshua was when he was 26? Yeah, so. He was on his eighth novice fight, something like that. He hadn't even won a belt. And Anthony Joshua was like the man. 
Dubois is 26 years old, right? He's already been in there and gave Joe Joyce what for, right? He did. He did. He ended up quitting. He ended up quitting. He gave Joe Joyce what for? He was he, he was winning parts of that fight. He was. And he, you got you got me. You're dealing with a young man here. A young man, right? Let's get things into perspective here. That's what I'm all I'm asking for is a bit of perspective with Daniel Dubois. I'm on the fucking you just let me on the train five minutes. I didn't go. let I'm you on, on. You fucking nothing, me mate. No more. You got on, on mate. one little foot was on, you can fucking jog on now and get back off the train, mate. I don't want you on it. <laughs> You've just <laughs> But um I'm glad you're Jarrell Miller now can go fuck off back to fucking America and go. I disagree. I disagree. Let me mate. just say this then about Miller. He's £330. If he can get himself down to £280, right, he gives people problems. So I'm saying, I'm not saying he's a world beater. Does he I think John? all of the guys... I don't know what you're seeing here. You know what it is? You're a stubborn fucker because you said he was going to win and he got battered. Now you're you're trying to make a case for him. He's fucking he mackered. I shit. don't think he got battered. I just think... I'm just thinking that, I, like, you're going on about Dubois, right? And I'm there with you, Dubois, right? He was breathing out of his ass. He had to work. Did you see some of the blows that Dubois took? Because that's yeah. another thing he answered as well. He can hold a shot. Yeah. couple of, yeah, he, that's what I'm saying about Miller, because he's whatever, he's big and fat, in the stupid cycling shorts, you know, the drugs and all that. I, get, I agree with you, right? But I'm just saying, some of those American fighters, mate, some of the sparring they do out there in New York and all that, I think he's got more to him than just a fat plodder that got knocked out. If he did, he wouldn't have gone to 10 rounds with the boy. The boy would have got him out Listen, there mate, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I, I personally think Jarrell Miller doesn't beat anybody from the top 15. Anybody. And I don't think he ever will. Uh, maybe if you look, if he loses 70 pounds and gets down to like high fucking mid 250s or say, or even, you know, just get down to a level where he's not got his fucking massive big fat ass and his fucking big tits. Like, just just come in like an athlete. You're supposed to be an athlete. Do you know what I mean? Like, this, this, ain't, a, this ain't a game, this yeah. sport. You can't come in there and give it all the bigger. Well, I suppose giving it all the bigger and kind of hyped up the fight a little bit. So I suppose you've got to give him some element of credit. If I'm going to give him any credit. Yeah, he was entertaining. He was a bit of a mouthpiece and he got us all excited. So congratulations. You can talk. Great. But can you fight? No, you fucking can't. They called him a shrimp. <laughs> Oh, you can't say he didn't fight. You're saying you weren't entertained in that fight. Fuck, fucking Uncle Popper lost his voice. You weren't he entertained lost his in voice that fight. Because he felt, I'm not talking for you here, Unc. Come on, Listen, man. He, Come Daniel on. Dubois done the boxing world and everyone watching a massive favour and sent that yeah. Sherman Club back to where he comes from. Done. Don't want yeah, to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, but quiet. Now. You can't say, like, you watch boxing, right? These, these are guys, these are warriors. They go in there, they fight, they put it all on the line. Don't tell me that Giza didn't, didn't do an Otto Walling did, did he? He went the whole fucking 10 rounds, took his medicine like a man. And even Fair at enough. the end, I like the All respect right, that on. he showed I'll let you uh, that. Yeah. as well in the ring. Still ain't on the fucking train, though, now. You can still jog on the back of the train. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. I'm getting on it. I'm hanging on the back of it, man. <laughs> like like James style. Bond in one of his movies. Just <laughs> <laughs> Jason Bourne, innit? <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, know. You're on the tracks, Johnny, after fucking... Picking Wilder and uh, the big fat fucking Miller. I know. Um, I know. I I don't want to. Ta- <laughs> I I don't want to take anything away from uh, Dubois' win, and I'm not going to. Um, I will. The only thing I'm going to say is yes, Miller back in pre 2018, he was a enhanced version, right? But he still got the attributes that caused Daniel Dubois, or would have caused an older Daniel Dubois. A lot of problems. Pressure coming forward. 
big punch. And uh, and Dubois dealt, dealt with it fucking brilliantly. I still stand by, I feel like he did quit in the Usyk fight. I've come to terms with the Joe Joyce fight because the broken orbital bone, after after that we see Billy Joe call it a day. Kel Brook. Sonny Edwards call it a day from that. Kel Brook, yeah. So I, I can, I'm fully okay with that. But yeah, I just thought he didn't have the heart in the Usyk fight to go down. I know it was a pummeling, but he went down from a jab and he didn't get up at the end of the day. He could have seen out the rest of the fight. And he had him down at one point. Low blow, not getting into that, but yeah, it was a low blow, but he had him down and he could have done it again if he had the heart. However, now he's got fucking heart and um, and it was sensational. But yeah, Miller's, Miller's still going to be a problem for people, um, but he's just a lower level to Dubois, isn't he? He's probably in that sort of Charles Martin era, isn't he? Less than that. Charles Martin beats him and all. Probably. I was telling yeah. you, he's not all that, mate. He really isn't. Take out all the juice... He's got, and you know what? Let me just come back to you on that quick thing, right? I just want to have a couple of minutes on this. I won't touch on it too much. I think we need to move away from this whole quitting in boxing thing. Like, I don't want to see anyone lose their eyesight or fucking die in the ring just to be a warrior, quote warrior. Do you know what I mean? Like, the Tony Bellews of this world, and I like Tony Bellew. It doesn't help matters when he says, well, Carl Frampton. Yeah, you know, oh, oh, you'll never see me do that. Because that basically means that you're calling everyone else a shithouse. And to me, it's a sport. You're there to entertain. You're not there to fucking, you know, for, for the worst tragedy ever to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not... Look, I'll put it this but way. There's, there's levels, isn't there? There is levels. Let me just... Right, I'll put it this way. You're driving a car, right? Your car's out of gas. It's out of a lecky, right? Our cabs are out of lecky or whatever. When you're done, you're done. When there's nothing in the tank, there's nothing in the tank. You don't move. The car don't move. You don't move. Where is all of this that you've got to draw on energy that you don't have to keep fighting? If you can't lift your arms and you can't fight anymore, that's the end. What are you going to do? Stand in there and fucking lose your eyesight or die because, you know, you're a warrior and you, you'll never, you've got no quitting you. No, you've got to lose that out of the sport. This is a sport. It's not war. It's a sport. So I don't like all of this quit talk really. And you know what? He did, he did take a knee. And so what? He had nothing left. If you've got nothing left, you've got nothing left. It's the end of the road. You, you get up, you go back to your corner, you fight again, like he did this time, and he won. So good luck to Daniel Dubois. Imagine if he'd have stayed in there with Usyk, stayed in there with Joe Joyce, lost his fucking eyesight, career over. You know what I mean? Not getting these paydays now. So I, I'm, I'm moving away from all of that. You know what I mean? Quitting. Like what Otto Wallin done was probably more was more on the on on the on the quitter side, right? Well, there what, you that, go then. Yeah, but, but that, there are, the you're thing, right. There are levels. The there thing, are levels. That's why I say there's levels. There are levels, but I don't think Daniel Dubois falls into that level twice. I don't think he does. In my well, opinion, well, okay, I, I I don't think he falls into it on the Joe, Joe Joyce fight. Now, I don't. I do think he fell into it a little bit in the Usyk fight. Um, because also, yeah, but that's, yeah, there's levels, man. O'Hara Davis against Josh Taylor, that's a quit. He turned right, his back um, and went like that. And <laughs> yeah, I've had enough of this. He literally covered his head up, didn't he? Yeah, that was a quit. Um, I, I was trying to think of other examples, but um, all of Sabriel Matias's opponents, they're all quitters. I, I agree. I think in the UFC. Someone grabs you in a fucking chokehold, you tap, yeah. and everyone like, "Well done!" And th- these guys are revered, like the ultimate fighters. And in boxing, as you say, there's, uh, yeah, there's just this, 
feeling that you're just a yeah, just a shit ass or a weak person if you quit. I don't know. 100%. Does the mindset need to change? Does there need to be a paradigm shift? I agree. If you've got a broken eye socket, you can't see out your eye, and then you're walking into a ring. If you've got to remember, boxers, they are the hardest hitting human beings on earth. They hit harder in UFC fighters than anything, anyone, the strongest person in the world. Boxers are trained fucking killers with their fists. That's how hard they hit. So if you can't see out your eyes, so if Sonny Edwards can't see out of his eye, and he says that to Grant Smith, so he don't want to go out for the next round, you know, you can say it's quit, but to me, that's sensible. Like, don't live to fight another day. He'd say, if he does go with a different game plan, that if he gets to fight Bam again, it might be a different scenario. Same with Billy Joe Saunders. If he goes out there against Canelo, he could get brain damage, never, never fight again. So for me, and say Dubois... He took a knee against Joe Joyce. He didn't want to know against Usyk. But then you're looking at him there against Gerald Miller. Fucking heart of a lion come, yeah. you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth night, and he goes for the kill in the tenth round. So I, that used to be a thing in my head before. Like once you're not about that life, can you be about that yeah. life? But yeah. the boy was just showing me you can, yeah, yeah, because he weren't about yeah, that. Well said, and all mate. of a sudden well he gets Gerald Miller, and now he is. So you can train that. So to me, all that did you quit? You know, it's yes or no. You can answer it yes or no, but it does it really fucking matter? Does it matter? What matters is find a better word than quit. See, maybe yeah, but is it? It's the fight over. Like if he had a fractured, if he had a fractured, I don't know, his collarbone, is the fight over? Because it's, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Is there, you know? Or or let me say this. Let me say, say like in Sonny Edwards, right? Everyone who see that fight, Sonny Edwards, you cannot say that Sonny Edwards is not a warrior. The way he went out and stood toe-to-toe with Bam and they were punching the shit out of each other, battering each other, to me, I'm looking at two guys that are putting it all on the line and they're fucking going for it. Then all of a sudden, when my sockets are broken, you're like, I can't see that. I'm going out there. I'm seeing two or three of them. Then enough's enough. But maybe if someone goes out there like Otto Wallin, you fight on the back foot, you're pumping out that jab, you taste a couple of big whites left from AJ and all that, get hit, go in the corner, don't want to come out. that's quitting. There's a level. There's a level to that. You never wanted to know from the get-go. Whereas Sonny, he wanted to 100%. know from the get-go. So yeah. maybe uh, that's the difference, maybe. And then that feeds into Dubois, doesn't it? Against Joyce Anusik. He did want to know from the get-go in the, both of those fights. He was there throwing leather. But just and that towards... was late in the fights as well. Yeah. Uh, 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 Dubois said that was it. You know, all, orbital gone in one fight. You know, just no energy left in the next fight. That was it. You know, if you're doing it in the fourth and fifth round, I said it a minute ago, I don't know if you heard, Subrail, Matias' opponents, last five have quit on their stall. Lomachenko's made a load of fighters quit on their stall. That's quitting. That's like, you know what? But even then, it's like, if someone's clearly better than you, you're going to go out there and keep taking beats? I don't know. I don't no know, mess. No mess. Yeah, Put Roberto Duran's the biggest one out of all but of then, them. Kai, if you, you say that, if you, if you go back to your stall, you're quitting, then... If Dubois had got up from that Usyk jab and then it was the end of the round and then he quit on his stall, as you say, you'd mm. call that a quit. But now you're not saying that Dubois that didn't get up from the Usyk jab is a quit. I know what you mean. It's a good point. <laughs> like, just, yeah, can you it's, quit? It's a fine line. If it's, it? if it's in your corner, is it a quit? If it's not in your corner, like Sonny Edwards' run for me is not a quit. Got a broken orbital. orbital. It depends on the injury sustained, I think. I think that's the answer to the yeah, question. Okay, yeah, yeah, but like if you if you look at travellers, right? The travellers, they go and have fights with each other, right? One family fights another family, right? They take their tops off, they have a fucking, you know, bare knuckle fight. Then one of them goes, oh, enough's enough. Oh, everybody shake hands. Everyone goes their way. 
and there's there's like an element of respect there. Like, but that should be like if someone don't want to know in boxing, they they go to the trenches. All of a sudden, don't want to come out. Is that the end of the world for them? No, I Has everyone got to slate I won't them? Slate them. Ah, you shit ass! I won't like, slate them. They've Fuck got it. in the ring. Nah, I've, I've no, changed my tune a little bit, but as we say, we do think there's levels. However, but there's levels to yeah, it. There are levels. There are levels. Like as we say, O'Hara Davis and Otto Wallin the other night. I think that's a quit myself. However, regardless of all that, Daniel Dubois, this is Daniel Dubious 2.0, and I am fucking here for it. Fantastic. Yeah, Can't wait to see him. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to see him. Yeah, you can fuck up. You're on the tracks, on, bro. Dude. You're on the tracks. Oh. Do you know what? Um, we can get yeah. on the train, stick him in the car, Z. We'll be in first class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell, man. So, yeah, roll on the future. I reckon he did have a little bit. Sorry, last thing I say. I reckon he did have a little bit of. Um, mental preparation for this. I reckon he's probably seen a psychologist, psychiatrist. I don't really know what one they are. But anyway, yeah, I reckon he's worked on that. And uh, yes, it's paying off. So fantastic. Dubois, we love you. Can't wait to see you in there with whoever next. What do you reckon? Joe Joyce rematch? I'd be up for that. Or even Parker. That's a good fight. Um, So yeah, Uh, moving on. What about Zhang? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Might make him quit. I want to see AJ <laughs> yeah, Zhang. I feel, imagine I if Dubois went and beat Zhang. Yeah. After what Zhang... Like, how does Dubois... Fuck, like, listen, I'm going to get on that chain, train, I'm going to fucking <laughs> throw you both off here. You think Dubois deserves Zhang? Come on now. He's just been Miller. You've been fucking slating, yeah? <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Right? I don't think... He needs yeah, another couple yeah. of fights before you start talking right, about I'll give him Zhang. Cabai Hilden. Fucking hell, man. How about that? Ooh, yeah, good fight. That's a good fight. That's a good, good fight. fight. Yeah. Or just that give him Makhmadov. No, you can't give him that Makhmadov now after the way he just performed. Uh, yeah. Uh, moving on then. We'll, we'll just uh, dabble past the rest of this. We'll, we won't go in depth as we've done with them three, but uh, Bivol and Arthur. Fucked my hackers. Yeah, sensational from Bivol. Fuck two hackers. I had I had a twenty thousand pound acker that had Lyndon Arthur winning by decision. Um, yeah, that was uh, never going to come in. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I was excited at one point because when Dubois knocked out uh, Miller, I was looking at it and I had uh, Frank Sanchez to knock out Far in the last six rounds or something like that. And yeah, that acker was like. So I was fucking on the ceiling. But uh, anyway, yeah, Bivol was uh, sensational. Give us your thoughts, Johnny B. Yeah, but Arthur, like, let's be real. Lyndon Arthur, he just never, ever wanted to win that fight. Jab backing off, jab backing off. Just That's literally how he fights never, so yeah, bit, no motivation to, to win that fight. I know, but it's just like, there was a moment he caught fucking Bivol with a body shot. Yeah, you yeah, see Bivol go yeah. oh, like that and he moved backwards. I thought... There was just there was yeah there was no intention whatsoever to win that fight which was uh yeah it was was I don't know I think he'll kick himself a little bit but look I mean he's probably happy that he went the twelve rounds and now there'll be other fights for him because he said I went twelve rounds with Bivol so maybe that's what it was all about but um yeah I don't know I thought Bivol I don't think Bivol was as good as usual I agree he was a bit tentative but I also thought that Bivol made him that way because any time you throw against Bivol. His counters are fucking lethal, mm. lethal. So, and then he gets you up against the ropes, and he throws a thousand punches at about sixty-five percent of his power, and then just don't try and get you out of there, which is just fucking highly frustrating. Yeah, I agree, yeah. John. Johnny B, uh, nail on the head there, mate. Just uh, the one thing lacking from his game is that that killer instinct to finish fighters. 
Because, you know, you've got to understand this is a fan-friendly sport, should be anyway, and uh, you just never go for the stoppage. He could have put his foot down and got the stoppage there if he wanted, and he just didn't. He chose to not do it, ride out, the, ride out the, 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 you know, go to the distance, go the distance every time. It's like every time he does the same thing, and you know he's good mm. enough to, to, to stop these guys. So that's the one frustrating thing about Bivol. If, if I'm watching Bivol Baturbiev, I'm probably wanting Baturbiev to win that fight because of the excitement value. I don't know if I want to see Bivol go to points every fucking time. As good as he is, start finishing people, man. Like, come on. Like, this is, you know, start giving us fans what we mm-hmm. what we want to see. It's that simple. Well, the rumour is that they're trying to get Bivol v. Jai Opatea. What, a cruiserweight? Yeah, I heard the that, Saudis, yeah. Saudis. I don't know whether he's a catchweight or, or whatnot. Fucking Did you hear that? Me up. Um, I mean, Jai Opatea v. fucking Zorro. Woo. Oh, John, <laughs> that, why, that bet you put forward, mate. Anyway, we're on a WhatsApp group, right, everyone listening. And John put this bet on, right? First six rounds, it was evens for Jaya Pattaya to stop Ellis Zorro. First six rounds, just double your money. Put down whatever you want to put down and you get double back. And we're both going, we're all going, fuck, we you know, what should out. we do? And we're all pussied <laughs> out. But when you think about it in hindsight, it is the easiest money yeah. ever. If you would have coupled that with uh, Hergovic stopping Demori in six rounds, and stuck whatever you want on it. We don't endorse, obviously, you know, stupid gambling. Make sure you're gambling properly. Do you know they weren't allowing that bet? They weren't allowing Hergovic to win within six rounds. They were only allowing Hergovic to win within 2.5 rounds because they knew it was such a fucking guarantee. Do you reckon um, Do you reckon Jarrell Miller beats Mark Demori? Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell. I beat Mark Demori. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Um, <laughs> okay, um, so Mahmoudov and Kabayel. Mahmoudov, if you're listening to this, fantastic performance, mate. You got really unlucky there. If you're not, <laughs> if you're not listening to this, fucking hell, he was useless, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, mate, what a hype job. He did not know what he was doing in there. I told you he gets hit. Oh, mate, he did, yeah, but it weren't just him getting hit. He didn't know what he was doing. No punch resistance. Swinging just for the hills. Didn't have a clue what he was doing. Didn't have a clue, and I thought it was terrible. And uh, Shocking. Mahmoudov versus Miller, that's a good fight. Caballero, though, he's going to be a problem, man. Caballero's a good fighter. He's a very good fighter. Good fundamentals. Great feet. Knows what he's doing in Got there. A bit of power as well. And, uh, Mac Mudov, I swear, I don't know if that was his twin brother or his cousin or they found him in the burger van outside, but that guy couldn't fight at all. <laughs> shocking. Absolute no. shocking. Terrible. And it, yeah, I, I'm... <sighs> I don't know why I got fucking high on the, on the hype, really. No, but it, it just goes back to like, what have you done for me lately? Like, who have you fought? And this is the thing now with the Saudis. They're going to start putting all these fighters in there with each other. You're going to start finding out, like, who is a hype job? Who is Who can fight? So now, the thing is, see, like Frank Sanchez in that fight, right? It was a bit of a boring fight against Junior Farr. I think everyone and their fucking dog said, you know, that's potentially what can happen with Junior Farr because that's, that's what he does. He spoils fights. But it was interesting, like the way Frank Sanchez in the end just got on top of him and found him, found the home, for, you know, for that left hook or whatever in the end, got rid of him. You're like, fucking hell, man. Like, that was a good finish. So everyone's now, I wouldn't mind seeing Frank Sanchez v. whatever, Hergovic. Frank Sanchez v. Yeah. Caballero. So if this is what the Saudis are going to do now, it's like, fucking yeah, hell, yeah. man. You can start making all of these fights because, you know, you've given them all the platform now. Now you're Makhmadov. You're at the back of the queue. Wilder, you're at the fucking back of the queue. 
Well, you give some of these other boys a chance now, and then we start seeing who can actually yeah, fight, who's a fucking hype job, who's not. Could Frank Sanchez done what Deontay Wilder had done in his career? I reckon he probably could. Might not have knocked out as many uh, fighters as uh, uh, Deontay Wilder. I reckon he'd have beaten everyone that Deontay Wilder has beaten in his career, apart from Parker. Mate, I don't know. That's a great yeah. fight. Parker, Frank Sanchez. Mm. Who There's loads of them. Yeah. Frank Sanchez, Martin Bacoli. In the WBC, they're quite highly ranked. That's a really good fight. And you're mm. right, John. It's like UFC model now with the Saudis involved. All these top 10 fighters are all going to have to fight each other. If they don't, you get you get, <laughs> you get get knitted off. It's that simple. So, yeah, mate. Exciting times. Okay. On to Zorro and Opatia. Fucking hell. First of all, massive massive props to Zorro for stepping up to the plate and getting in there with that man. I'm sure he even knew himself. He had no chance. Everyone around him knew he had no chance, but he got in there massive balls and took on the opportunity. Probably got paid well for it, but weren't even for the world title in the end. But uh, yeah, Hello. Fan- fantastic balls, massive props. However, Opatia is a beast. I said, as I said earlier, I think that guy beats Wilder. I think he gives Parker a run for his money. Do you know what I mean? I hope he goes up to heavyweight one day. Um, but he's built differently, yeah. So, what are you saying, Kai? Yeah, I mean, look, there was it's not really too much to say on it. Props to Ellis Soro for getting in there. Thought he gave it a little go, you know, as much as he could do. And um, yeah, the right was all, writing was always going to be on the wall. Uh, I just gutted for him that he can't say that he at least challenged for a world title. IBF saw to that. So yeah. um, he'll move on, mate. You know, he's made a nice chunk of change for Christmas. Go home with his family, get, you know, hopefully get that money out and his kids will probably spend it for him or whatever. If he's got kids, I don't even know if he's got kids, but um, good for him. He probably took the fight where a lot of people blanked it. So, uh, but Jai Opatia is is uh, a, a scary dude. That's what I was just going to say. Johnny B, without regurgitating what we've just said there, do we ever see someone like Chris Billum Smith, React Poor, in there with Opatia? Not if Ben's got anything to do with it, we won't. It's the top and bottom of it. I mean, yeah, they might have to be creative with fucking Jaya Patea now, because I just don't think anyone's going to want to fight him. But do you know what? I'll just quickly say this. Big up the IBF, because there's rules for a reason. So they made him drop that fight, that that belt, because in their rules, you know, you have to fight someone in the top twenty, I think it is. So, like, as I say, I say it all the time, we've got to look after these fires. There's a health and safety thing here. Every man and the fucking nan and granddad and dog knew what was going to happen in that fire. Devastating knockout. Could have been worse. Shouldn't even been in the ring True. with Jai Patea. True. That's the truth of it. Can't argue with that. And we'll just skim through these. Uh, Hergovic Demori. Demori certainly oh, didn't bust the... any spleens. Fucking hell. What was there to say about that? Next. Yeah. Nothing, nothing. to say is there. Next, oh, yeah. Fucking... I think... The only thing to say is that um, with Joshua winning in that fashion and Fury Usyk tied up, I suppose, and now Wilder out the picture, I suppose it's going to be Hergovic, Joshua next, hopefully for a world title after the Fury Usyk fight. And um, yeah, it'd be interesting, but we learned, we learned nothing from that Hergovic One fight. thing we can say is that, if anything, this helps Joshua because that is a bad, bad... Uh fight to take before you fight someone like Anthony Joshua because you gain nothing from it. 
Yeah. You know, you might as well call, you might as well say he's been inactive. You might as well say that because that's how irrelevant that fight was. Whereas Joshua comes in on the back of three, three victories and in a much better state going into that IBF fight, if that's what happens next, which probably will. So if anything, that's done him no favours, Hergovic. It's it's going to be a good fight though with him and AJ. I think there's plenty of jeopardy in that fight for AJ. I know we're all a bit high on AJ at the moment, but uh, he can fight a Hergovic. Big, strong, tough guy. He's got a good one-two, fundamentals, amateur background. Um, if he hits you, I reckon you'll stay hit. Uh, and we see in the Zhang fight, I mean, it was a bit of a weird fight for him, that Zhang fight, but he showed, you know, you know, his gas tank was fan wanting, but he showed plenty of heart, didn't he, to, walk, to get to the end of the 12 rounds. It was a funny fight, but um, yeah, be interesting. I think that fight, could go late and it could be uh, like who wants it more type of fight. You know that Hergovic and uh, Joshua. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to see that for a world title, the IBF world title, if they drop it, Usyk and Fury. Yeah, man. And finally, um, Frank Sanchez. Far was never going to be too much of a threat, but I personally thought Sanchez looked all right. A little bit took his time, but when he did throw, he was explosive, man, and uh, it was quite a devastating knockdown. So, um, Johnny, I'll come into you because when we was watching it, your text, I'll read it here, said, Frank Sanchez, fucking trash. <laughs> so, <laughs> what I text explain you? yourself, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking, fucking trash. Hell. Do you know what? I've got to agree. I, no, what? Because I've been hired. You want to get back on the train? You want to get on the Sanchez train now, don't you? Yeah, do you know what? I might have been a couple of brandies in on that text. But uh, no, do you know what? I'm just, uh, I'm high on Frank Sanchez. I think he's fucking quality. I think he's good movement. I think he's ring IQ. I think his combination punches, his short, sharp combination punches in the pocket is as good as any heavyweight out there. Anyone step to me and tell me otherwise. Brilliant little combo uh, uh, punches now. He's got power. And uh, But do you know what? The fight was so fucking boring to start it all off. Just watching it falling asleep. But... I mean, I must have sent that text and he must have fucking got him out of there like six minutes yeah. later. But uh, yeah, I, I, I momentarily fell off the fucking train and then, uh, yeah, I quickly jumped back fucking on it. I, think. I want to be a ticket inspector around you, mate, often on trains all day. Fucking hell. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought Frank Sanchez is, is, is what he was. Is what he, he is what you, he is. You know what I mean? It's very low output. When you see him fight, he's always waiting for the, the right shot. He does find it more often than not. But it's it's low output. It's not very pleasing to the eye. Good fundamentals, nice high tight guard, and you know he'll do well in the sport. But he's not great on camera. Like he don't sell himself, and um, I don't know how many opportunities are going to present themselves. You think Dubois beats Frank Sanchez? <sighs> it's a good I'd fight. See, yeah, that's I'd a love to see that fight. I'd love to see that. I'm uh, I'm just going to read out some of these texts during the fights. So. As I say, as we say, we've got our WhatsApp group, right? So it was actually you, Kai, who said it. Frank Sanchez can fuck off, pony. <laughs> and then John replied, boring as fuck. <laughs> and then Kai, you went, Kai, you went, this is a shit fight. Neither of these cunts should be called back. And then a minute later, a minute later, you went, boom, game over for the fat cunt. <laughs> I remember that old. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. And then I'm just going to move down to the Dubois fight. Kaya, told you Miller was a fat mess. Useless fat turnip. 
So yeah, there we go. <laughs> Oh dear, I hope, I hope I never bump into Jarrell Miller. I'll have to bring the same energy if I do, wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. oh so yes, I think that's. Um, I think we've done it to death. That was the day of reckoning. Exciting times ahead. Yeah, very exciting. The whole thing has given us a bright future, really, because as we say, Parker's now a rejuvenated fighter. Daniel Dubois a rejuvenated fighter. God knows, God knows what's going to happen with Wilder, but Joshua rejuvenated as well you've got to say so um all three of them really exciting times ahead yes uh let's move on to we'll finish off with the awards here we fucking go right then i'm excited for this because uh we've all got our picks and uh we've made it interesting this year in the sense that we've added uh biggest twonk of the year um but uh we've also made it interesting in the fact that we cannot choose the same ones as each other. So if someone chooses something, the other person has to change their pick if they was going to originally say that one the same. So let's start off with knockout of the year. Kaya, coming to you first. Knockout of the year. Right. Okay. So the knockout of the year for me, it's a domestic fight. It was a fight between Samuel Antwi and Mason Cartwright for the vacant British super welterweight title. It was in the last round. It was one of the most devastating knockouts. It was a right-left combo, I believe. Both hooks. And in between, you see Samuel Antwi go, whoa! Like that kind of went viral on social media. Uh, the referee didn't see Mason Cartwright in trouble yeah, from that, the yeah. first shot. But the second shot landed. It was, yeah, it was a stunning knockout. So my pick goes to Samuel Antwi. Congratulations. And your, your, uh, your trophies in the post. Johnny B. Shitty fucking trophy if it fits in an envelope. <laughs> My knockout of the year goes to Zilly the Mankum Bang Zhang. Oh. It's the stoppage, uh, it's Joe Joyce in a rematch. For me, that was the knockout of the year. Because we see in the first fight, Zhang, you know, he was peppering Joe Joyce. You know, Joe Joyce, the, the, the cranium, four times the size of any man. It wasn't moving out of the way of that sort of backhand from Zhang in the first fight. And then the, he busted his eye, then the ref stopped it. And then we're all thinking... Was it a fluke? Do you know what I mean? In the rematch, there was all the build, all, all the hype. And I think when the fight started, Joe Joyce, he was moving brilliantly. It was good head movement. He was sort of keeping away from Zhang the first couple of rounds. And all of a sudden, Zhang just got to him. And then he threw that backhand and then literally just come up with that right hook on the money. And just to see Joe mm. Joyce drop, I just thought, fuck, Zhang is good, boy. <laughs> like, with his weak hand as well. That was his weak hand yeah. as well. That was uh, for me knockout of the year. But um, yeah, that yeah. was a uh, that was a close third for me. Um, but yeah, I had Zhang and then I had Opatia Zoro. But I am going to go with Lee Wood against Warrington. I knew it. You I knew it. it. Yeah, for him to do that after he was getting battered, Lee Wood, massive props. So that was my knockout of the year. We're on to fight of the year. Johnny B, coming to you first. Can I just say special mention to Juntu Nakatani against Andrew Maloney. Yeah, that another. Could we, should we do some honorary mentions just real quick as well? Another one was Brian Mendoza versus Sebastian Fandora. Oh, yeah. Starched him. Forgot Absolutely about one, yeah. starched him. It was quite sickening, really. But um, chopped down the tower in Inferno. But yeah, the honorary mentions there. But what were you on? Fight, fighter of the year? Did you say fighter of the year? No, fight of the okay. year. Yep, fight of the year. Johnny B, coming to you first. I'll go to Kaya. <laughs> Kaya, coming to you first. All right, mate. So I've got a couple written down here. 
But my personal favourite goes back right to the beginning of the year. It was actually one of the first fights. Oh, don't. And it was Arta Baturbia versus Anthony Ah, oh, you fucking prick. <laughs> you prick. <laughs> you can go first you next. Know. You can go first next. <laughs> but it was a real breathless fight. I, honestly, at the end of it, I felt like I'd fucking gone running around the block 10 times. I was exhausted just watching it. Just, yeah, unbelievable fight. Real sort of, I thought Anthony Yard had his moments in that fight. But yeah, come up against the beast, the beast from the east. And it all just all a bit too much. Um, I'm still unsure about the stoppage from Tunde in the corner. That's again, another conversation for another day. But yeah, that was that was my pick. I thought it was a brilliant fight. Johnny B. All right. So I wrote that one down as well. Yarba Turbiev, unbelievable fight. And like I had a dog in that fight. Like I had a Brit in that fight. I was emotionally connected to that fight. This fight, I wasn't emotionally connected to it, but Jaime Munguia v. Deryev and Yanchenko, oh, yeah. what a fucking fight. Absolute yeah. slugfest. From the first bell, first round, they both just fucking sat down on their punches and just started to throw down. It was ebb and flow, and it was tight on the scorecard. And then I think in the 12th round, Munguia knocked Derevchenko down. Then he won a close fight, won it on points. And uh, on Honor- Honourable mentions. Uh, and then, can I say honourably, honourably? <laughs> honourable mention. I don't want to say this, actually, because you might say this in your... Uh, go on. What, what are you going to say? Um, yeah, I was going to say Baturbiev and Yard. However, I'm going to go with Adelaide and Wardley because um, I was on the edge of my seat for that fight. I thought that was a great fight. And um, two Brits, so obviously a bit biased there, but I just really, really enjoyed it. I enjoyed everything about it and the fight lived up to expectations for me. And um, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. What was your honourable mention, John? Honourable mention was Canelo v John Ryder, right? So I know I just felt like John Ryder put up a better performance than most people would thought he would. Uh, he's from the manor from where me and Kyra were from. So like I was just, just cheering in mind when we see many people get in with Canelo and fold. And I feel like he pushed Canelo. You know, there was a lot of standing there. They were just at it with each other. And I think now that we're going to see Mungia fight Ryder next year, I think that's the perfect fight. Because I think both of them, the Ryder-Canelo fight, Mungia-Derevinchenko fight, pucker fight, slugfest, stood there, total load of, you know, big bollocks, big heart. And uh, I think that fight next year between Mungia and Ryder is going to tell us everything we need to know about the pair of them and where they are going forward. So, yeah, that's an honourable mention. So, there are another couple of honourable mentions. Is it honorary mentions? Honourable mentions? Whatever. Oshaki Foster versus Hernandez. I thought that was brilliant. And uh, Robsy Ramirez versus Espinosa. I thought they were two excellent fights as well. Robsy Ramirez was tipped for massive things. And, yeah. He ended up uh, losing, I think it was a majority decision, and ended up losing his belt. So, yeah, really, really good fights last year. There was loads of them. I even liked Haiti Lomachenko. It didn't make the, the short list, but, um, yeah. Okay, fighter of the year, men's. I'm going to start with this one. I know exactly who one of you is going to pick, right? I'm not going to say that name, though. However, when you say it, I'm going to go, I fucking knew it. But I'm not going to pick that person. However, he is a clear favourite. We'll talk about that in a second. But my fighter of the year goes to Joseph Parker because he started off the year with that ropey old Massey win and then progressed. He's had four fights this year, great activity. But for him to take that fight against Wilder with that notice, I mean, I know Wilder had the same notice, but 
for him to do what he did to Wilder, he wasn't given a chance. He really wasn't. And um, yeah, so I think he's had a great year to come out of it with that Wilder win against, we're all slating Wilder now, but at the end of the day, he still was going in there with what was considered a beast, a beast of the ring and not giving a shot. And he done what he did. So my fighter of the year is Joseph Parker. He looks like a new man to me. Johnny B. Okay, so... I was leaning towards Inoue, right? Yeah, that's, that's the one I knew that was going to say. Yeah, so he's undisputed, and then he goes up um, and he fights Stephen Fulton. I thought that was an unbelievable victory. I think Fulton's a class act, top-quality opponent. I thought, if you can go and do that to Fulton, tells me everything I need to know. Uh, it's a Powell's fight. I thought, yeah, again, a brilliant performance. However, right, this, a lot of this as well is subjective, isn't it? It's like what you see, what you feel. I'm going to give it to Devin Haney, right? Because I just think to myself, Devin Haney, right? He goes in there against Loma. Now, to me, that was a quality version of Loma. And I know Loma, smaller, smaller reach and all that. But I think all of the angles, I thought that fight was an unbelievable technical fight. Loma pushed him all the way. I think could have gone either way, but he won that fight. Then he goes up and he fights Regis Progray yet again. He's like he's a world champion, Regis Progray. He goes up there, puts on a masterclass against Progray. And I don't know, I just felt like those two wins was, to me, uh, told me if I needed to know against Haney. Honourable mention for Crawford, the Avenesian and Spence, but the whole Spence Crawford, I'm so fucking bored to death of that. And I don't think Spence is the guy that he was two or three years ago when they should have fought. That's why I didn't consider Crawford. But yeah, it was Inoue or Haney. I just think I went with Haney in the end. I was going to go for Inoue. I was. I was going to go for Inoue. But I feel like he's so streets ahead of everybody that I don't know. It just doesn't seem right picking him, but if I was, look, he's a very, very close second, a new way. So everyone's listening. It's going, ah, these fucking three melts not picked a new way. Two weight world, undisputed champion. Rah, rah, rah. I'm going to go for. It's kind of too easy. Yeah, it? It's a bit too easy. I'm going to go for Lee Wood actually. Right. As my fighter of the year, because it's, it's just that whole yeah. coming through adversity. Right. It, Maurizio Lara, Getting knocked out, losing his world title yeah, in that devastating fashion the way he did. To go back, spend all those months fucking preparing again, you know, with Ben Davis, another real bet, good Ben Davison performance as well, you know, in the second fight. And um, not the first fight, the second fight. And he just schooled him, got his belt back. And he goes in there with Josh Warrington, starts getting schooled and lands the big shot. It's like a fairy tale uh, 2023 for Lee Wood. Really. And that, and you know, you think about the yeah. stuff he did in 2022, going on to 2023. You know, he's gonna. I think he could potentially be uh, one of my picks for 2024. To some of the fights that are lined up for him for Lee Wood. So I'm gonna go with Lee Wood just through the fact that he come through that adversity. But let me tell you this, some right, because a lot of people would have picked a new way, right? And you're picking Wood. And let me tell you this, Wood is on fucking Anoue's radar, yeah. surely. <laughs> yeah. Surely surely he's on his radar, man, because can you imagine can that? Can all right? Um, can Anoue get there all right? Nah, nah, it's too big, surely. Don't know, mate. Don't know, mate. 130 really pounds? Don't. I suppose it's only another, only another eight pounds, yeah. 122 pound undisputed champion. It's eight pounds. If you do want game. that fight, Anoue, give Big Baby a call. You'll be there in no time, bruv. But uh, moving on to the Women's Fighter of the Year. Kai, I come to you first. Right, my pick for this, and I know everyone's going to, I know what one of you's not going to pick. Actually, are you going to pick that person? I don't know. I'm picking Amanda Serrano. She's one of my, she's my favourite women fighter. Always has been. 
I feel like uh, her style, everything she stands for as well in a women's game, the fact that she's had three fights this year, defended her belts, the fact that she'd binned one of her belts. And, um, oh, what? Because she binned her belt because she didn't want to fight Sky. Let me She's finish. She's major fight of the year. She didn't bin her belt to fight Fucking Sky. Hell, man. Not to fight Sky. Should have been in the shit that. house of the year. She <laughs> binned the belt because she wanted three minute rounds, and Maurizio Suleiman don't want three minute rounds in the women's game. And oh, I think that yeah. needs to change. So, you know, it was against Danila Ramos. That's right. She fought 12 three minute rounds, didn't knock her out. So, you know, that kind of dispels this whole thing that is dangerous for the women's game. That went to points. She won on a majority decision, not majority, unanimous decision, that fight. And uh, she's a trailblazer for the women's game, trying to create uh, the scenario yeah. where, you know, the top level women fighters can fight for three minutes. Good for her. She's the only one really pushing it at the minute. Everyone else just says it in press conferences, but she's actually willing to fucking give up her belt and, uh, you know, fight back for, for the for the cause. So good for Amanda Serrano. Super active and uh, looking forward to seeing her again in 2024. Johnny B? It can't be anyone other than Katie Taylor. I'm sorry. <laughs> it can't surprise, be. Surprise, fucking surprise. It can't surprise. be, can it? Because at the end of the day... You she... picked Chantel Cameron to win that fight. She... What? The second fight, you picked Chantel Cameron, mate. We've got receipts. Oh, damn, what are you talking about? You fucking did. No, because if I fucking kicked, picked Chantel Cameron, you fool. I picked Katie Taylor chatting <laughs> shit. It's on um, there. Nah, you ain't got receipts. I picked Katie Taylor. But um, no, I just think to myself, they're to be great. <laughs> Went up a weight to become undisputed uh, and to become, you know, two-weight world champion. Went in there against Chantel uh, Cameron, who's a quality fighter, a, diver- a deserved world champion. Uh, she was giving away height, reach, size, fucking weight, everything. She's giving it away. And then she lost, she lost the first fight. Very, very close fight, but she lost it. And then she's gone in there for the rematch. And then she beat her. Beat her fair and square in the rematch. Created history like she's done her whole career. You know, the gold medal, the world championship, the European, whatever. Undisputed, world champion, undisputed two weight divisions. I think fighter of the year, woman of the year. No one can touch that girl for what she's done in boxing. And I would be happy at this moment now. She just, I'm done. Just I, she can't she can't do any more. I wouldn't give Chantel Cameron a fucking trilogy if you paid me, mate. I really wouldn't. After all of her moaning and that, I'm the only so, one who picked Taylor though in that fight. I remember it. You ain't. I was. Who Taylor? Nah. Yeah, I, I picked. Oh Katie no, Taylor. Taylor. Nah. I picked Katie Taylor to reverse the decision. Nah. You two went what? with Chantel Cameron. Uncle, what did I? It's there, mate. What did I pick? I I don't know, but I want to get back on the Katie Taylor train myself. Cameron, I know that. Um, okay, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, yeah, I was kind of fought Katie Taylor, but um, I'm gonna go with Ramla Ali for beating Guzman. And, nice, uh, good choice. Yeah, avenging that loss. So uh, yeah, well done, Ramla Ali. Uh, newcomer of the year. I'm gonna start with this one, and uh, none of you are gonna pick my one, but I'm gonna give it to Masood Abdullah fucking legend for his win over Mark Leach back in October. Great performance. An honorary mention, a close second for Moses Ituma. But um, listen, I want everyone to get on board with Masood Abdullah because this boy is mustard, right? I mean, he put out an Instagram video a couple of days ago, training on Christmas Day. That's how dedicated this boy is. He's got the heart of a lion, true sportsman. Watch out for him in the future. He's going to be a massive problem for the featherweights. So, uh, Masood Abdullah, you are my newcomer of the year and I'm buzzing for your 2024. 
Johnny B. Andy Cruz. It has to be oh, Andy. Fuck it. Oh, I was going to yeah. pick him. It has to be Andy <laughs> I Cruz. I knew guy was going to go with that. <laughs> 27 years of age, Olympic gold medalist. He's had two fights. In his second fight, he's stopping. He's knocking out in the third round, Giovanni Straffon. Unbelievable. 135 pound. Genius. Seems like he's working with Boots Ennis's dad. He's like saying it's all about getting this guy to sit down on his punches and knock people out because we know he can do everything else in the ring. And I think in the second fight, you're looking at him thinking, fucking hell, he can. So I cannot wait to see him next uh, next year. Uh, and yeah, they're all on notice. Think about it, £135, Loma, Javante Davis, the fucking ultimate cherry picker. What's he going to do? You're going to hang around £135, you want to fight him? <laughs> Shaka Stevenson, Keyshawn Davis, Cambosas, all of these guys there, man. And uh, yeah, Haney fucking straight up to 140, like a fucking rapper drain pipe, boy. You know Andy <laughs> Cruz is right behind you, bruv. <laughs> oh, mate, that was good. Oh, that was good. All right, listen, I was going to pick Andy Cruz. I've got another name written down. I really like what Janaid Boston is doing right now. 100%. Yeah. Right? I think he's a really good technical fighter. You know what I love about him? He gets it. He's got his own little camera crew. You know, when they went um, over stateside with Alder Smith and Sonny Edwards and that, and he fought on the undercard, he brought his own camera crew, created his own video content to share online for himself. He gets it. This is what yeah. you got to do. Any upcoming fighter, you do that. you got to promote yourself. No fucker's mm-hmm. going to do it for you. And that's what he's doing. He's creating beef outside he's the ring. He's a good talker. Really good talker. Brilliant talker. Good fighter. Looks the part. You know, the sky's the limit for him. In terms of where he has, is now, he's positioned himself perfectly. So my pick is Junaid Boston, one to look out for as well in 2024. Yeah, big time, big time. Honourable mention, I just want to say, I just want to say Nick Ball. I just think, that win against Isaac Dogbo, I just thought that to me was like, right, this guy. Is he a newcomer though, John? But that was the fight. Well, don't you think, like, I know what you're saying, but he's sort of breaking through, isn't he? He's like a breakthrough mm. fighter. To beat Isaac Dogbo the way he did and to hang with him, I just thought, like, that, that just tells me this guy potentially could win a world title when he can hang with the big boys. So for me, that was like yeah. newcomer stroke breakthrough. That fight against Dogbo, oh, I rated that. I- Special mention as well, honorary mention to Johnny Fisher. Picked up the Southern Area, uh, area Heavyweight title this year. Go on, whoa, Fisher. Whoa, 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 whoa. I've got to stop you there. Go on. I've got to stop you there. Because we're going on to best moment of the year. Next. Ah, that was your pick then. Go and on, you I'm go going first. for, yeah, well, close second for me. And yeah, if anyone chooses this one, fair enough. A close second was Dubois beating Big Baby Miller with the last eight seconds to go. But yes, for me, hands down, Johnny Fisher winning the Southern Area title. Fantastic night that was. And uh, big props to him. And uh, you can see how much it meant to him. So uh, well done, Big Johnny. You have received best moment of the year from yourself. Kaya? I mean, it's easy for me. My best moment of this year was when Daniel Dubois landed the perfect body shot on Alexander Usyk (laughs) to become the unified... (laughs) Heavyweight world champion. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. All right. Listen, all right. So I'd think about this. I had to think about this. Do you know I'm going to give it to? I'm going to give it to Jordan Gill. Oh, yeah. Because just because of the story at the end of the, the Conlon victory, I had no idea he was going through that type of that type of shit behind the scenes, you know, literally sitting in fields, drinking bottles of vodka, wanting to, you know, take his own life. And for him to come back and produce that level of performance against Michael Conlon, I don't know if he's a wash Michael Conlon. We had the conversation at the time. I feel like it was the wrong game plan. But Jordan Gill, 
outperformed the best I've ever seen him perform. You know, coming off all of them, look at all of them losses, but terrible performances. Big up Jordan Gill. I hope he has a massive 2024. So that was my best moment. Johnny B? Mine was Chris Billiam Smith winning a WBO Cruiserweight World Title from McCauley at Bournemouth in front of 15,000 fans. When you see him win, I know it's a boring fight, whatever, but when you see him win that title and what it meant to him, like, let's be real, no one ever thought Chris Billiam Smith was going to win a World Title, but he's stuck there. He's a gym rat. You know, he's, he's put all of everything he's got into boxing to win that World Title. The way he fell on his knees when he picked up the mic and said he dedicated this fight to his mum that had secondary breast cancer. You know, you think, fuck it. What a moment in front of his home fans, Bournemouth Stadium, 15,000 people, does it for his mum. And uh, yeah, for me, that's that's what boxing was all about. I love that moment. Honourable mention, talking about moments, Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren sitting at that table in Saudi, man. I just thought, just to see them two together and just... Yeah, what that means for boxing and what that means for potential matchmaking and getting the fights we want to see. And just all of the shit talking all of the years, all of a sudden, Turkey Ella Sheikh just dangles those pan notes, boy, and everybody's sucking each other off. Love it. We've got to start calling him <laughs> Uncle Frank. Yeah. I mean, we've really got to start. I think we've got to change his name to Uncle Frank because that's who he is now. He's, I feel like... Well, there's only one uncle, son. I know that's actually... You know what? Yeah, sorry, sorry, mate. <laughs> Start calling him Kaya. How'd you fucking Call, like oh, it? Big Daddy Frank. <laughs> Anything. I just don't yeah. feel like Frank cuts the mustard, really, because where he's... Cu- Honestly, you look at Frank Just Warren go with your years next ago. one. Kaya, Kaya, just go. All right. Frank, we love you. I'll just throw an honourable mention out to um, the High Performance Podcast, because I listened to Frank Warren on there. That was a fucking blinding listen. So get yourself over and have a listen to that because it's brilliant. He talks about all the cartel, Mike Tyson giving him a fucking smack in the face. It's brilliant. So, uh, yeah, check that out. On to worst moment of the year. Kaya, come to you first. Oh, fucking hell. I had to think about this, but there's, there's one that won it right for me. And I'm going over to the dark side, which is the Misfits. Right? When I watched Wings of Redemption... Versus Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was watching it and I, I was thinking, how the fuck, how the fuck am I sitting here watching <laughs> two potential Jarrell Millers getting in the ring with each other, fucking laying down, or well, throwing down, laying down, I might as well be fucking laying down. I don't, that's another question. Does Jarrell Miller beat the Wings of Redemption? <laughs> I don't fucking know, you know. I'm not even biting. I'm not even fucking biting on it, man. <laughs> <laughs> not even if biting can, on it. I know if anyone can see me, John's man. face, he's like, hey, I'm not this saying nothing. This big fucking hook come flying past my head, man. I'm not biting on it, boy. <laughs> yeah, that was for me. I was like, how far has our sport fallen, right? That we got to have the fucking Wings of Redemption versus Boogie on my TV screen. So that was the worst moment of 2023. Johnny B. All right, my worst moment of the year, right, 2023, was Gary Cully getting battered to fuck by Jose Felix Jr. Not only did he get battered to fuck, the referee, Emil Tit, I don't know how you pronounce his name. I think it's an an Irish name, T-E-I-D-T, right? He's the only pro-Irish referee, I believe. Let's just call him Emil Tit for that night, right? 
Third round TKO. Left, right, left, right. He got battered to fuck. This is a time, and this is something that needs to be examined in boxing more, when this referee's obviously got biases towards Cully. This is his moment, Cully. Like, this was a co-main with Taylor Cameron. This was a co-main, this fight. You know, Eddie Earn was all, like, speaking Gary Cully up. It was all big fucking, you know, plans for him in the future. And, like, he was just getting peppered and battered. Peter Taylor should have threw the towel in as well. But I think the referee, you were the man there in the middle of the ring, you should have stopped that fight. The fucking blows that Gary Cully took that night was fucking sickening. So, for me... Worst moment of 2023 was to see that, but the whole referees fucking favouring the home fires. You see it with Howard Foster, didn't we, with uh, Josh uh, Warrington when he got battered by Mauricio Lara. Something's got to be done about it because there is this fucking um, favouritism going on and it uh, can be damaging to the fighters. So anyway, that was my worst moment. My worst moment, uh, a close second, I suppose, honorary mention was um, KSI versus Tommy Fury. You know that was oh, that was dire. That was dire. However, um, yeah, when he was doing his fucking star jumps and <laughs> God knows. Anyway, um, but no, it, it has to be for me when the Fury Usyk fight fell through back in April. Luckily, we've got it on now. But at the time, I was devastated. I was heartbroken, yeah. and to see Fury come out after that fell through. To come out and give it, you sick, you fucking shit house, and all this. I was just, I was, that was as low as I could go in boxing for me. Um, so, yeah, devastating. However, it's good that we've got it on now. We've got a couple more to do, uh, three more to do, I think. Um, Entertainer of the year. I'm going first this time. Moses Atuma entertains me to no end. So, uh, yeah, very, very exciting fighter. Not for anyone anyone at all yet really but every time he gets in the ring fucking oh it's exciting so uh my entertainer of the year is him johnny b your entertainer of the year i'm gonna go because i've got a funny feeling kai's picked the same one as me his name is david adelaide did you pick Actually, him no i haven't uh, i, I thought one. he was fucking brilliant i know yeah. like obviously people are listening to this like i'm sure there's loads of entertaining fighters in america and australia but, you know, this is subjective. These are like a lot of fighters that whatever might be local to us, whatever in Britain. But David Adelaide, British level. But, um, yeah, it, it caught the imagination of the public, the fight against Fabio Wardley. I thought the trash talking, I thought the little push and the shove, the face off. I thought he was fucking brilliant. And like, as you said earlier, guys, he just gets it. He gets it. And look, he, he came short that night against Fabio Wardley. But I'd love to see him in the ring again. And I think that's what it's all about. Brilliant. I thought he, he entertained the life out of me last year, David Adelaide. So big up, David Adelaide. Good choice. Yeah. Do you know what? He didn't even make my list. I don't even know why I didn't think about him. But my, look, first, before I give him my choice, honorary honor mention to Joe Laws after he beat Michael Hennessy mm. Jr. I thought, as soon as Joe Laws grabs a mic, everyone's listening. Yeah. The whole crowd, everyone watching on TV. He just brilliant, brilliant. I hope he goes on a little win streak now. But I, I'm going to give it to Sonny Edwards regardless of him losing. I'm just going to give it to him because if it yeah. weren't for Sonny Edwards, no one would give a shit about all them lower weights. Nobody would. And he's, he's crossed it over really almost into a casual market. So all those guys down there, if any pennies they make now moving forward, you've got Sonny Edwards to thank about that. And you know what? I, I'll add to that. I was debating whether to go with TNT or The Zone. And I was thinking, who should I go with? And I was thinking about the commentators and the pundits. And Sonny Edwards was what made me sway to go towards the yeah. zone. 
I thought within million about if he jumps on comms or whatnot. So he's entertaining. He is entertaining. And that's one of the fights of the year. Honorary mentions for one of the fights of the year, him versus Bam. Yeah. We didn't mention him before. I'm mentioning him now. Yeah. Sonny Edwards, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep entertaining the fans. Keep going on Twitter, trolling people. It's brilliant. Need him in the sport, mate. And do you know what? I fucking can't believe we forgot this for a fight of the year. Shaka Stevenson v. De Los Santos. How oh, the fuck, fuck did we forget it, man? Shaka Stevenson managed to break a world yeah. record by throwing the least amount of bunches in a world title fight. How the fuck did we miss that one? Yeah, <laughs> uh, fucking hell, mate. Um, if yeah. anyone's fucking... That was as good as Wings of Redemption and Boogie, wasn't it? Should we add him to the biggest twonk of the year? Oh, I've got a few. Leave the twonk till last, man. I've got a few twonks, man. The twonk's going to be last. Um, just do this one quickly upset of the year I'm going first Joyce Zhang won for me I was really surprised really surprised uh, Johnny B over to you upset of the year oh it's got to be Tyson I know Tyson Fury won the fight but Tyson Fury getting knocked down by Nganu that was the upset of the year for me his performance because listen boxing's all about holding on to that narrative right and being that guy and I think he lost all of that he lost all credibility that night Tyson Fury in the ring with Ngannou to see uh, Tyson Fury land on his ass from that punch from Ngannou I thought was unbelievable just to see Ngannou hanging the ring with Tyson Fury the lineal champ you've talking people talking about Tyson Fury in the same breath of Lennox Lewis Ali, Mike Tyson, then you're fighting someone who's never had a fucking boxing fight before and you're getting dropped and having a life or death. Some people said Ngannou won, some t- people said Tyson Fury won, some people said it was a draw. Either way, it was a fucking razor, razor close fight, that fight. So to me, even though Fury won the fight on paper, that was an upset of the year for me. <sighs> Do you know what? I ain't going to lie, I, did, I didn't write one down. <laughs> <laughs> John, John, thank God you can fucking... John, thank, thank God you can talk, mate, because while you was talking, I was trying to Google a fucking upset of the year. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't find one. So, yeah, I'll go along Wilder. with... Wilder, Wilder Parker. Yeah, no, I'm not going to go along with that, because that weren't an upset to me. That weren't an upset. So I fucking picked Joe Parker. But I'm going to go with, um, yeah, Francis Ngannou against Tyson Fury. I thought it was a wonderful performance. <laughs> Nobody could see what we're looking at now, but Kaya's screen's going mental because he's trying to find something to fucking say. <laughs> I thought it was his fucking Christmas tree in the corner that his kids don't yeah. look at. He's got Google up, he's got Yahoo, he's got everything. Do you know what? Rob, Robzy Ramirez losing his world title was a bit of an upset. Okay, uh... Last two. Um, we're going to leave the special award till last, but yes, biggest twonk of the year. Johnny B, far away. Right. I've got a few. Please don't I've, say the one that I'm going to say. I've got a few. I think I know you. some of you guys might go with, but I'm just going to go with this. You fucking know I'm picking. I'm going to go with this absolute cretin, this absolute fucking arsehole of arseholes. Geezer, I can't stand, right? Yes, you know it is. Maurizio Solomon. Once again, the good people at the WBC getting themselves involved in shit that don't fucking concern them. Uh, Maurizio Solomon, when he comes out with an awkward statement about the Ring magazine. I don't know why media, champions and promoters give any credit to the Ring magazine belt, which only threatens the credibility of the sport. Fuck off, you cunt. That's what I think about Maurizio Solomon. Yeah. The end of the day, this is I'm going to throw this out there now. Turkey Alashake, we know you listen to the show, bruv. We're massive fans of you. Do yourself a favour, right? Go and buy the Ring magazine 
corporation or the company. I think it's owned by um, Golden Boy, right? Go in there and buy that. You can get hold of the Ring Magazine belts. And you've got that belt in each division. Fuck the other four belts. Just get the best, fighting for the best. Everyone just wins that Ring Magazine belt and everyone can just fall behind it. And that's why Mauricio Sullivan come out with that statement because he's threatened by the Ring Magazine belt and the power it possesses. Also, he deserves... He definitely deserves Twonk of the Year for um, allowing Conor Ben to be cleared when he done fuck all trying to clear him. He just said, okay, yeah, that's fine. I'll take your mm. word for it. He didn't get any scientists involved. He just went, yeah, you're clear because he can see the dollar signs. And also he sanctioned the fucking Fury and Garnu fight, which in the end we were entertained by. But yeah, uh, yeah, very, uh, very bad year for Maurizio Kaya. I've got, I've got a few, right? I, should, I won't tell you my honorary mentions. I'll just pick my one. And with a heavy heart, I'm picking Ben Whitaker. Because. Interesting. I think he's a great fighter. I do. I think he's a great fighter. I think he can go. I think his ceiling is massive. And you know what? Ever since his last performance, I don't know if you've noticed, he's come out and done a bunch of interviews, even done an interview on Sky Sports where he's sat in front of a screen and they've got like Nazim on the screen and Chris Shubank and he's sitting there watching them and they're trying to paint this narrative now that he's trying to be like his heroes of yesteryear. So then obviously we start looking at him through a different lens, Ben Whitaker, because now, you know, before these videos and him coming out and going, well, you know, trying to be a bit more humble and respectful before that, going by his last performance, he was just losing fans all over the place. So I know the powers that be at Sky and Benchlom got look. You know, it's fucking actually quite venomous on social media. You need to turn this around a little bit. Like, whatever you're going to do, turn it around a little bit. So they've actually done more content since. And he's coming across a bit more normal, a bit more human. Uh, I say human, that's a bit harsh. But Ben Whitaker, you know, hopping on one leg against journeymen. Fucking just, you know, taking the piss out of these people that, you know, no business being in the ring with him. I'm giving it to Ben Whitaker. But I'll say that with a heavy heart. Because I feel like just with a bit of fine tuning, he can be great. Just don't be such a, don't be so disrespectful moving forward. I could give, I could give it to plenty of others, but I'm giving it to Ben Whitaker because yep. of his potential moving forward. Tell us your honorary mentions after my twonk of the year. It goes to none other than Deontay Wilder. <laughs> twonk of the twonk of the century. He was honestly. one of, he was one for of him them. for him to say. After that, for for one, to go into that fight and not have a clue how to fucking fight, as in he didn't have any answers whatsoever after being, after having the career he's had and the experience he's had in the boxing ring. I know we say he's not fought anyone, but for him to not even throw a punch really on the night, awful. Um, He's taken his eye off the ball all year when he knew this Joshua fight was, you know, looming. He's now fucked up the Joshua fight in the future. Big credit to Parker. But my twonk of the year goes to him purely for that fucking quote after the fight. When he's interviewed and he says, Joshua never wanted the fight anyway. You could see how happy he was. He would have retired um, if we'd have both won. And for him to say that he still deserves the fight, basically, your twonk of the year, bruv. I'm just done with him, honestly. (laughs) Honestly. And also, he talks shit. Utter shit, right? <laughs> There's no beating about the bush now. That man ducked everyone. 
That man ducked Joshua back in 2018. Um, that man ducked everyone of note, Klitschko, and and the chickens have come home to roost. And he still, to this day, to this day, to this day, he still comes out with, oh, they all ducked me. They all ducked me. No, they didn't. You ducked everyone. And now we know why. We know why. So, um, anyway. There's, look, there's an honorary mentions. Jamal, Jamal Charlo coming in overweight. Fucking, how is he still WBC champion? Fuck knows. Jarrell Miller's another one. Um, Jamal Charlo yeah. as well for what he said about his fucking, about beating up his missus as well the other day. You see that? I think that was Jamel. Yeah. All oh, right, fair enough. Yeah, they're both as bad as each other. Scumbag. They're both as bad as each other. That was horrible. Fucking scumbag. And uh, you know what? I'm not. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to call him a twonk. But I think Ben Shalom pulling out. I'm going to be honest on here. I got to be real. Ben Ben Shalom pulling his fighters out of purse bids, de- depriving the fans of big fights. I know he's got to do it, and he's got a job to do. And you know, maybe his hand was forced. But I feel like you're hit. You're hit. You're here, mate, to give the fans the best fights. Pulling people out of purse bids isn't the way to do that. I'm not. I'm going to stop short from calling him a twonk. I don't even know what a twonk is. You look in the dictionary. I don't know what you. You know what does that come under? Deontay twonk. Wilder. But um, yeah. But look, the thing, the thing with Ben Whitaker. I'm just going to justify it by saying this: dry up a tire when he knocked out Ellis Sorrow. Can you imagine he started doing a fucking dance around him when he was on the yeah, floor or something? Yeah. Do you know what I mean, everyone would have ruined him for it. And Ellis Sorrow and dry up a tire are much closer together in levels than the people Ben Whitaker a bit is beating right now. So I think just just take it down a notch, bruv, and you'll start gaining an army of fans. Okay, and the final award. We're just calling this the special award. Just special award for this person for his, I suppose, contribution to boxing this year. Now, I'm not going to say the one that hopefully one of you two say because that man, I'm sure we all know it is, deserves this special award. However, I'm going to give the special award to Adam Smith. for coming back from the depths of cancer and um, to see him back in Saudi the other day, high on spirits, looking forward to his future. He battled through it. He said he not only had the cancer, he had very deep, dark Mm. mental problems and uh, he's come through that, beat the cancer and now he's back and, uh, and his personality has not changed one bit. He's still a brilliant, brilliant personality and uh, and we need that man in the sport, whether he's commentating, whether he's a part of um, shows, whatever he's doing, he needs to be there. And I, for one, I'm sure everyone shares with me, am so happy that he's back. Definitely. So well done, Adam Smith. You win my special award. Um, but Johnny B, what is your, who is your special award going to? That's a great choice, by the way, Unc. And hopefully, don't mean to be horrible, but it'd be lovely to see Adam Smith take Costello's job, wouldn't it? <laughs> Just about to say that, man. Just about to say Costello, man. He just ruins it for me, man. Listening to him on comms. Yeah, but anyway, sorry, Costello, bruv. We need a bit of Smithy, don't we? We need Smithy on the commentating. AJ, lift off for AJ. Legs are shaky, Adam. That's what you need. Hell, you need legend, that passion. Fuck, it's what Ben Shalom ain't got. Um, listen, my special award goes to no, none other than the face, the legend. The Hall of Famer that's got the swag going on has to be Frank Warren. How oh, the fuck, Frank? That's Warren why you told me to move on earlier. With the Saudis, right. the cat has got the cream, the smile. Because I thought we could talk about him now. Like how the fuck 
that guy, man, the resilience. You say getting shot at fucking point blank range and fucking surviving. He's like lost the lung. The resilience, the dog, that like leaving Sky Sports, going to Box Nation, being, you know, underneath Eddie Earn, who's like walking around flapping his gums, I'm this, I'm that. And Frank Warren is just sitting there fucking pondering in the background, thinking, I'll get there sooner or later. And boy, did he get there, because he's at the fucking top table. Queensbury Promotions is the name alongside the Saudis. And Eddie Earn is having to play a little bit of ball. I don't know how long this is going to last, but I think even the way that Frank Warren is talking about Eddie Hearn, they're talking about each other, it's being very professional, professional, they're smiling, they're shaking hands, but you know, you know, when you're looking at Frank Warren, he's got that glint in his eyes in, yeah, you little fucking mug, Eddie Hearn, I'm the top fucking dog here, mate. So I love this. So how the fuck he's just <laughs> yeah. come back out, not out of nowhere, but for me, special award, contribution to daddy. boxing. Yeah, I'm the fucking daddy. Frank Warren, you go, son. Where's your tool? He went up to Eddie, didn't he? He went, where's your tool? <laughs> no, but, uh, earlier on when I was going to give Frank his props, he yeah. went, just shut up, move on. I know, go on. on. No, you can add to it now. So I feel, I've got to talk about it later. <laughs> go on, go, son. No, listen, um, my, my uh, special award goes to John Fury. Just <laughs> because, <laughs> do you know what? No reason. I was thinking about this. I'm thinking, do I give it to a fighter? Do I... John Fury just continues to fucking entertain me. Whenever he does a video, I watch it from start to finish. All the interviewer's got to do is ask him one question. <laughs> just fucking, just wind that geezer up and let him go. It's going to be a sad, sad day from the sport that we all love when he's no longer in it. I'm giving it to John Fury, mate, just for entertainment purposes. Well, Whether you enough. like him or hate him, he's fucking entertaining. I thought, well, I'm surprised that, uh, do you know what? I wanted to give it to this guy, but I thought Adam Smith um, deserved it over him for sentimental reasons. But we've also got to give um, a very special award to Turkey. The double Turkey excellent Turkey. You've shape. made our year. You really have. And, uh, and we're so happen. excited. We've got all the fights. We're not, we haven't completely got all the fights that we wanted, but we think we're going to get them now. It's the first time that we've been hopeful that we're going to get the, all these exciting fights that have always been difficult to make. We've got Fury Usyk. We would have had Wilder Joshua, but that's gone down the pan. But that's Wilder's fault at the end of the day. That wasn't Turkey's fault because he had it all signed up. So Turkey, you are also a special award winner for this year. And I think that's it, really. Yeah. Honorary mention, Darren Barker. <laughs> one of the best commentators out there now for me. Yeah, I'm he's serious. Really <laughs> no, I think he's holding Costello it. up. I, I oh, didn't yeah. expect that either. <laughs> <laughs> Every time yeah, I listen I to Darren Barker, he's just getting better and better. Stick Adam Smith next to Darren Barker. You got a golden pair in oh, there. Oh yes, golden yeah. pair. Not Costello and it's Anthony Joshua, and he's like he got him against the ropes, and it's Anthony <laughs> Joshua in a jab and 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 it's just like he might as well. He might, Sounds like horse racing fucking does, commentator, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. He's good on radio, but um, it hasn't translated. Hey, listen, guys, we didn't do our three fights you want for next oh, yeah. year. Oh, go on then, we'll do them now. Do you want me to go? Dmitry Bivol versus Artur Baturbiev, obviously, for obvious reasons, for the undisputed. Second fight has got to be David Benavides versus Dave Morell Jr. Blink and you'll miss it. That'll be a three or four round absolute slugfest war. Uh... Haney Lopez, because I think Teofimo Lopez has got the game to 
close the distance and land on Devin Haney. I don't think there's many other 140 pounders that can. I just want a quick couple of honorary mentions. I'd like to see Connor Ben in a big fight. If that happens against Boots, he's been calling Boots out. I wonder if Eddie Earn's going to stick him in with Boots. I'll say that's highly doubtful. But for press conference purposes, right, Jack Cattrall, Josh Taylor, two for the press conference. But I would love nothing more than to see Sonny Edwards versus Prince Patel. (laughs) 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 With Darren Barker commentated. (laughs) All right, so... What I would like to see, I think if Baturbiev beats Callum Smith, I'd like to see Baturbiev v Jai Opatea. That's what I'd like oh to see. God, if Jai Opatea yeah. fought Bivol and beat him, Baturbiev v Jai Opatea, I'd love to see that fight next year. Then I would like to see Canelo Benavidez. Fuck Benavidez v Morel. I want to see Canelo v Benavidez. Can you imagine that fight? That's what I say. And uh, a personal one, British one, Yard v Buatsi. I just think that would be an absolute fucking bloodbath and a war. Yeah. Good I'd choice. love to see that fight. Pure violence. Good choice. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with an obvious one, but I just do. We all want to see it. Um, Fury Joshua. If Fury beats Usyk, which I don't think, personally, I don't think he will, but if he does and Joshua beats Hergovic, I hope we see that at the back end of the year from Mr. Turkey. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit. Um, I'm having to think about this because uh, I forgot about this you one. Prepared, you weren't prepared, I weren't for, prepared this, for this one, no. Uh, but I'm going to go with. Um, all right, just off the top of my head, I want to go. Um, I want to see Lee Wood versus Warrington again. I wouldn't mind Lee Wood versus Cordina though. That that's quite an interesting one. Um, and then my final one would be. Uh, I don't think this would happen, but I'd be very interested to see it. Fabio Wardley versus Parker. Okay. Interesting. There was rumbles of it before the Wilder fight. I don't know if I think Parker's escalated himself past that. Not now. anymore. Parker is just basically, you know, like Super Mario Kart. He's just fucking hit a mushroom, mate. He's gone there. He, he's, he's that way. <laughs> I don't think Wardley's yeah, gone Yeah, no, I like know. That. I know, but I'm all unprepared, bruv. Not snakes and ladders, no? Fucking Do you know what? My kid's got a Switch for Christmas. We've been playing fucking Super Mario Kart. I've been loving it. Oh, it's blinded, I've got isn't two it? little girls, oh, man. Blinded. They don't play computer games. Now they've got a fucking Switch. All right, I, all right, okay. Because I was unprepared, I said that one, but I've just had a thought. I want Subrail Matias versus Lopez. Mm. Yeah, that's oh, sexy, man. That's a good fight. I might even swap one of my that's ones for that one. one. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good fight. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it, isn't it? Are we having a week off next week? Yeah, we let, are. Let so the people um, know. Good people. Yes. So, uh, listen, thank you, everyone. Uh, we haven't been around the whole year, but thank you to everyone who's been listening to us since we started. Um, we've had so much fun and we're very grateful for the numbers. As we said before, we got into like the top 20 of the sports podcast charts in britain so um fantastic we really really appreciate that we love you all hope you keep listening we hope you had a blinding christmas and we hope you have a fucking double naughty new year get the packet in enjoy it we love you we love you turkey we love you adam smith we love you everyone peace out for now Bush. Bush. Bush.